0: I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head
1: to rest. And I'm Roxy Lynn.
2: This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I and a guest are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and this week we are here with a feedback episode. Um, new listeners that have not been with us since the dawn of time, at the end of every season we uh, we ask all of our listeners to, to write in with their comments, questions, and games, we go through those and answer them. We bring on a guest to, to kind of talk about season 8 as a generality, and talk about... Uh, you know just supernatural in general um so the format of this show this week will be uh we'll all talk about season eight we're gonna hear a musical break we're gonna come back we're gonna play some fuck mary hunt we're gonna take another musical break and then uh chris and i are gonna finish out all of the feedback we've gotten thank you so much for everybody that has sent in just tons and tons of feedback i really really appreciate it you guys really came through on this one absolutely chris chris how are you doing tonight i'm doing i'm feeling
3: uh, pretty fine and dandy jeremy uh how, how are you fine folks doing
2: i'm doing good and uh roxy welcome to the podcast oh thanks for having me i'm uh, very excited to have you on you've been a, a guest for us for uh, not a guest that doesn't make any fucking sense jesus christ <laughs> you've been a supporter of ours in the discord for quite some time and uh, a, a big participant in our monster of the week community so it's it's absolute delight to have you on this podcast so we can talk yeah, about some super that's a nice
1: way of saying i'm really talkative <laughs> and i overshare way too much
0: good
2: that's that's exactly what we like to see as people who podcast you know semi-professionally me and chris just all of our bullshit is on the internet so we like to see other people be in the same way absolutely <laughs> uh let's let's start with you roxy what what how did you start watching supernatural What's kind of your history with the series
1: okay so with supernatural i kind of avoided it because it had such a rabid fandom for a while and uh if you've ever been around tumblr at all and like you use it for anything but pornography like you're gonna see supernatural gifts being thrown around (laughs) yeah and uh so like i actually caught it one day when it was syndicated on uh tnt like i guess cw and uh tnt have like a syndication thing going on but um it was probably somewhere in like mm, oh mystery spot actually was the episode that got me hooked on this that's a good one to start with that is a good one to start with yeah or uh, a really
3: confusing one to start with, depending yeah, on how you look
1: it, at it. it <laughs> well, the road so far kind of like broke it down for me, where I'm like, okay, these two dudes are out like hunting supernatural creatures, and like, you know, they're in this sweet ass Impala. It's like I, I can kind of dig this, and there's you know, bitching, fucking, rocking, uh, classic rock music. So mm-hmm. my dad walks by, and he was a big TV junkie at the time. He's like, oh, you're watching Supernatural. He's like, yeah. I, I was gonna say you should probably watch that because, like, I'm real into like crypt, uh, cryptids and uh, like folklore and all that. So like, it really scratched that itch whenever it's like everyone, you know, every time it's like, let's go to Dad's diary or they mention like you know, <laughs> the lore. I'm just like, yeah, give me that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's addicting. Like once you once you kind of get into it and you start seeing, I, I like the way they build out the you know the Americana mythos and stuff like that with supernatural. It's very good.
1: Oh yeah, and like yeah. that that drew me in so much, and then. Like I had never really seen like fantasy takes on like Judeo-Christian mythos, especially in like a modern take like this. So when they brought in demons and like angels, I was I was here for it. So did you go back? Did
2: you start with like Mystery Spot and then just rewind? I I jumped on
1: Netflix and started from the beginning and went uh, all the way up to season six and then had a big falling off point at that
2: like like it seems like most people have until you start listening to yep. a podcast about it or start recording yep. a podcast about it. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, One it just feels two. like that they hit the reset button on everything where it's like everything was so nicely tied up and then it's like, wait a minute, Sam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am.
2: Um, we're in season eight and we've been in season eight for what feels like 87 years. So uh, I have no memory of what happened in season six. I have no, just no clue. <laughs> I'm sure I S- could think soul about it. Oh, Sola Sam. Oh, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I love Sola Sam. Sam, the big yeah. Sola Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a good boy he is. I mean, not good, but he's good at it. You know what I'm he saying? He
1: fucked and killed his way through an entire town. An entire I mean,
2: town. Yeah. Goals. It's impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Hashtag goals
2: God. right there. <laughs> So, uh, how, how have you, as someone who fell off of season six, uh, I know you've been kind of following along with the podcast. Uh, how have you found season eight? Is this your first time through, or did you, with the podcast, or Uh, did you watch it and this is now your second time, or how did that work?
1: So this is my second time through. The podcast has really helped because the first time that I watched it, I was really sick and, like, fever-brained. And, uh, I actually watched through... Eight up to like halfway through nine, and it all kind of bled together for me, so I couldn't really (laughs) separate them. Um, But this time, like honestly, I feel like that there's half of a really good season here, and then there's just a lot of like ash dragging in like the flashbacks and the Benny side plot and. Like, they have so much set up that's cool about the whole Angel Office Depot and Naomi and like Crowley and the tablets. And that's kind of what was left over from the last season. Like, and I thought, oh, the meta plot's just going to continue on. But we just have this huge, like, stall out into soap opera territory where it's like, this could just be pulled out and like the Purg could just be Vietnam. Like, (laughs)
2: <laughs> i like how you're um you're really setting a standard for future guests to, to make sure they know all of our weird in jokes before they all come the on the jargon. podcast yeah. <laughs> you're really nailing the jargon like i'm I'm loving it <laughs> uh I'm, I'm with you though like it season eight seems really uneven um although coming now that we're at the end of it uh i'm i'm way more positive on it than i thought i would be at the end i thought that i was going to be a little bit more negative on it And i think that that kind of stems a lot from the fact that the second half
3: of
1: season eight is so damn good it is good um, mm-hmm. There's just I was a thinking few stumbling points in like the second half too but yeah, like yeah. It, even whenever you just kind of like skim over those they they still have good meta in especially with like I, men of letters coming out like that really like hooked me I was like esoteric yeah. order and secret society yeah
3: and they they're able to weave some of that in early on throughout the season so it's not like the the joke that we get at the beginning of season 8 doesn't get paid off in any way shape or form throughout it uh but Thinking back of the the last two seasons, six and seven, we haven't been as 100% excited about. I think that obviously six is probably the one that is the most different, but it's also kind of, it tries the most new things and it fails at most of those things, but we give it some credit for trying. Season seven was that sort of like middle of the road weird point where like it wasn't really all that good. We still had some manufactured drama, but at the end of the day, the Leviathan stuff was at least a coherent plot. They tried. It was kind of fun. Introduced a lot of new elements that are just really good emotional
1: stuff with Bobby and Dean, and and, like Dean's complete and utter rejection of being able to mourn or have like any forward momentum past that (laughs) point.
3: And then we start into season eight, where I think that they set the ground for a lot of interesting stuff. You know, I remember watching previews uh, before season eight started on the CW or whatever it was, uh, where. Jensen was talking about how Dean is going to be in this coming season and, and Sam or Jared talking about how Sam's going to be in this coming season saying, you know, well, Sam has kind of gotten away from the Hunter life. And I think that there was a lot of uh, potential. There, there was something interesting that we we could have the chance to look at at the beginning of season eight, uh, before we started it, thinking like, oh wow, I can't believe you know Dean's been gone all this time, and and Sam is basically not even hunting anymore. Like, what the hell? How how did we get here? And then we start, and then we find out how we got here, and it's just like, oh shit, this isn't at all what I wanted to see. <laughs> um, it takes away a lot, you know. They they, and I, I think that this became evident even in the best moments of season eight, where they're they're having these big emotional breakthroughs that they've kind of already had in seasons past we're realizing that they they did less to grow these characters than to just like throw them into plot points like hey let's what's a what's an exciting thing that we can think of oh yeah dean's in purgatory that's okay we got purgatory dean now because that's a cool idea but it didn't really in the end it didn't really grow or change him that much he's like all hardened and like tough for like seven episodes uh just that brother
1: guilt going on and just yeah. hates yeah. hates sam and by the end of the season it's almost like they kind of just pushed all of that away because it was just like like
3: they make reference to it obviously benny comes up big and helps sam get out of hell and um sam talks about you know letting dean down again and blah blah but like they make references to it but none of it really in the end feeds that much into the good stuff that we got out of the season so that that's what this, honestly, that's what 6, 7, and 8 feel like they are the victims of is just less character growth and more plot stuff happening to the boys. And then let's just just roll with it. I mean, that's a grand, like sweeping kind of generalization to make about it because there's so much of season eight that I like. There's so much of all these seasons that I like, but it does feel like in, in certain ways they're just doing stuff rather than like developing the characters.
2: The interesting thing about Sam and Dean their relationship over the course of season eight is that they they hashed all of that out like at the start you have that that dean being so aggressively mad at sam because he failed to protect kevin and he didn't come to find dean and then they they get to a point where sam finally puts a puts a pin on amelia and uh dean breaks up with benny and so they you know and that there's a whole episode where they're like okay this is just you and i now brother like we're on the same team and then and you sam fast- even
1: calls him out and says don't kick me while you know i'm down like yeah. you, you can't just expect me to be here with you and you to just be kicking me all the time like i'm then- big kick sam that's my shtick <laughs> that's,
2: that's, yeah. that's what yeah. i do
1: um and then
2: at the very end of the season you know there's that there's that weird comedy bit where dean asks or sam asks like um you know, where do, I, where do I even start with the confessions? And Dean's like, well, you could start with you not trying to find me in purgatory for a year. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, you got to bring it yeah. up. Like, there's no point <laughs> yes. in forgiving somebody if you're <laughs> just going to keep bringing this shit up. Like, if you're not going to forgive them, at least forget it. Like, you have to choose one.
1: <laughs> you can't keep doing... Dean just <laughs> cannot move beyond anything this
2: season. And it's the same thing with Dean and uh, Castiel this season as well. Like, Dean is so angry at that dude for presumably making uh, just what are very dumb mistakes which we're, were not you know which are things that Castillo probably should not have done and Chris yeah. and I have talked a lot about anytime somebody uh, decides that they are the only person that can accomplish this goal in supernatural that means that they are not the it's person that's yeah, do. yeah it's, it's the wrong, yeah, it's yeah, the wrong yeah. thing to do and dean's and unwillingness to forgive castiel or seemingly his own brother for anything that they do wrong i think is is really interesting i think actually that kind of why i like the end of season 8 a little bit because we we delve into some of that stuff like dean is getting like to the point where you kind of He's so self-righteous, he's almost unlikable, but that's that's a better character than just, you know, aggressive, muscled brother area, which I think is kind of where right. we were in Season 7.
3: Plus, I mean, at, at this point with, with Dean, you would think that he would—I mean, the part of the relationship that he has with Sam is definitely putting expectations on him and Sam letting him down, and that's kind of part of—Sam's arc, too, is the fact that he tries to— Defy the expectations that Dean puts out puts on him, but at the same time, like there's such high expectations. Yeah, and and he hates when he fails to meet those expectations. But with Castiel, it's it's a little bit different because, like, Dean, come on, like ever since ever since season four, you got to know Castiel's got a stupid, dumb, dumb baby brain. He he's just a he's just a big old dumb dumb baby. He can't figure all this angel. stuff out. He's an angel, <laughs> but Dean is just like, look, I don't, I honestly. I don't. People get so mad at me for this. What, what is? Does Castiel ever like plan the right thing? Like he does a lot of good because he's always there to like help his friends. But like anytime time Castiel tries to plan something, it goes horribly
1: wrong. Right? It never goes Am wrong. I say that yeah. like his biggest issue is that he has too much heart. Like he cares a little too much about things and makes those decisions based upon the way that he you know, he feels in the situation. But like. He he's so inexperienced in some of the like ways of mortals that it's just like I'm going to try and fix this. I'm I'm going to do my best to like be an angel and be a friend of the Winchesters and it's like you can't have it both ways, buddy. Mhm. And I think
3: that uh I think the Castiel gets taken advantage of a lot by be it Metatron, be it Crowley or be it Dean. Dean because I yeah. think the Dean is like, "Hey, uh why weren't you there when I needed you? We're friends." And he's like, "Dog, I'm like I can't be everything at once. i an angel of the
0: Lord.
2: Or Chris, yeah. or just directly taken advantage of by Dean. Like, do you remember the, whatever that cartoon episode, Hunteri Hiroshi is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just, oh, yeah, ma- just he, he his car up. Yeah, like, <laughs> please pick up this giant anvil for me. And like, Castiel is like, this is what you brought me along for. Like, this is it. I'm an angel of the Lord, <laughs> Dean. What? Are, yeah. I'm not just a heavy lifter. I'm not your, you know, brute. Please, please But
3: stop. you have just to ride in the car. car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that overall, everything that they do with the characters, their arcs, their growth, what their plots, whatever, I think it all worked out really well. Uh, and I think that we've landed at in an interesting place with a lot of interesting potential for what's next. Um, and and I think that they were able to use some of what we're even saying about Castiel to to the advantage of the viewer because castiel is pretty consistently manipulated throughout this season and because he's so consistently not only he's being manipulated by a naomi and of course he realizes that um uh big ups to our poor uh boy ion or eon whatever his name is Poor one out for him because he you know he, he tells castiel the, the the deal the real deal what naomi's been up to so castiel Angel is aware that he, through the
1: eye for Angel too. Through the too like way to go i mean thanks go not
2: even not even angel bullet from a gun like angel bullet like deliberately put in with with my my thumb thumb. (laughs) yeah yeah
3: uh but yeah it just (gasps) you know i I like where we landed with castiel i think it it served the whole show uh very well but but again it's just like (laughs) your boy just keeps getting used and Dean just keeps getting mad
2: about it uh roxy mentioned this earlier but the introduction of the the idea of men of letters i think is such a good idea not only does it give us a a base of operations which of course during season seven they kind of pulled the rug out from under sam and dean and made them you know go into rufus's cabin in the woods
1: or whatever which was kind of a lame (laughs) set but it burned down bobby's yeah
2: exact burned down bobby's garage uh which still seems to be sitting there as of season eight, like it has and has all those cars in it, so that's really weird, but whatever uh but the idea of a uh, of you know this secret society that's been cataloging all of these things and like doling information out to the lowly hunters, I think is really good uh and the idea that you know Sam and Dean are actually legacies like they are they were supposed to be a part of this uh Secret society, but they ended up on the wrong side of the of the train tracks. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that and the expe- boys get a
1: place to call home too. Like, yeah, they get, they a get the bunker exactly.
2: Yeah. So and you, and the bunker comes with all of these like great hooks for D D campaigns, right? Like you've got you've got you've got <laughs> your literature classic.
1: You've got your you got your demon
2: BDSM room. You've got, you know,
1: various oh, bedrooms. Dean is just like we've talked about how like Dean doesn't seem to have any sexual interest. It's because he can't finish if he's not torturing someone that's, now. That's Exactly <laughs> right. He's been he's
2: been fucked up since season three. That's that's for sure. Uh, that's absolutely true. It's very, very true. Uh, but just the that 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 whole concept I think is is really strong and really good. Um it's very strange to me that they introduced this and they put this on the Winchester side. We we've, we've got some questions about John Winchester in the feedback episode, but it comes up it came up today on the discord of like you know, who's the worst parent, John or Mary? And it's the way that the show has gone back and kind of rewritten the history of these characters a little bit, specifically John and Mary to it's it's not really given either one of them a lot to work like it's neither one of them are going to wear parent of the year awards but it just it just really makes me question like if we didn't have the events where the grandfather comes back in time or comes forward in time and then dies like the different paths that these people would have been on like dean and sam would have been total nerds like dean would have been the ostracized one in this relationship in, in this family which is crazy yeah. to me <laughs> so yeah i, I, I dig the minute letters stuff a, a whole lot what about you rox are you are you into
1: that Oh, I love the Men of Letters and, like, the fact that they're not only getting a base of operations, but they're learning about, like, how ignorant that they actually are to so much of this, like, larger world. Because for the longest time, they seem like such professionals and, like, they're the ones that are, you know, really making this craft work. And, like, you know, Bobby is their, like, main library of all the knowledge. And, you know, to know that there's something beyond him and, like, that they don't have to go out and just interview a bunch of old white guys, like... Without him being around is like great, you know. Hey, we can just go and crack open one of the books in the library and like, or even find just. Hey, I found this video of like these reel to reels, and uh, this is some messed up exorcism stuff. You want to watch it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is something they would totally do in their free time. Absolutely,
3: but, yeah. If they don't get cable it's, down it's,
2: there. They got to watch something, right?
3: Apparently, they have fucking Wi-Fi though. Uh, it's cool that we're able to expand the lore in kind of a natural way like that like eventually i can imagine that i mean i've seen the show i, I guess i would, i know but we can you know they have this base of operations that has so much knowledge in it that they're able to sort of grow f- from that uh and the writers and the people creating the show can now be like okay well now let's introduce this really other crazy weird monster thing that otherwise we would the boys would have like no way of ever identifying because they were the like the professionals they were the badasses when they were hunting fucking Bigfoot and ghosts, like you see on Sci-Fi Channel, like they when they were dealing with that shit, they were the badasses. But now that they're dealing with these these cosmic entities, I mean, they're, they're still, still kind out of, of their the,
1: element. Though they're out
3: of their element, they're still kind of the badasses. But it's it's allowed the them to naturally, I think, kind of expand the lore and expand what what's there, um, and kind of put the boys into onto a new playing field where they're not the just the experts anymore.
1: Like, and there's different sh- schools of thought too behind mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm. this. Like it's not just, you know, go out there, kill the thing, like understand the thing, like actually figure out how this stuff works and how to like be a b be- you know a better hunter, like be able to interact with these beings on like a more like even playing field instead of always having to like just have that Winchester like luck to be their leg up. <laughs>
3: They 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 don't have to do as many double brother bluffs or like secret under the rug devil's traps because now they're just like like level 10 wizards or whatever. They they have access to this uh this you know library of knowledge and now they can they can just do um wacky spells and they don't have to rely on on as much luck. They do still get thrown around and tied up quite a bit. Sam the amount of of head trauma that boy has he's like he's like like a football player Look, they get all this head trauma from years of bashing into each other. That's Sam Winchester because he's been knocked unconscious so many goddamn times.
2: 86, by the way. Uh, 86 times? uh, I want to say... I can't remember the, it's a, there's a Wikipedia called Supernatural Crossroad that, uh, is always, does us kindness and retweets all of our tweets, I think strictly because of your art, Chris. Um, (laughs) because I, I DM'd (laughs) him one time and I was like, hey, thanks for retweeting. I hope you enjoyed the show. And they are like, oh, we don't listen. I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) was honest, at
1: least. Word. words. Thanks for being honest. The backhanded (laughs) compliment?
2: (laughs) But they, uh, they, they, according to their account, they said 86 times that that boy has woken up unconscious thus far. That includes stuff past season eight, which I think is Really, really, really. I don't know.
3: I think after if you if you get knocked unconscious that many times, I don't. I I'm no doctor, but I feel like you you would be okay.
2: I'm a. I feel like this is a good time to segue into one of our favorite characters from season eight, uh, Brick Holmes. Do you think that when Brick Holmes would uh-huh. regenerate himself, he, all of the head trauma that he had would go away, or do you think he carried some of that forward with him? And- I think that that's a
3: big part
2: of of
3: his downfall. In the end, was that massive head trauma? But I also think that that is. Is sort of why Sam felt like he could relate to him so much. There was that kind of vacant look in his eyes. And when Sam saw a Brick, you know, on TV scoring those those big those big game scores, he He's he got saw that the look, and, jaw
1: look, he can yeah. he can do this.
3: And Sam just recognized Maybe I can. something. Yeah, it's it's the same kind of like the same experience he had when he when he saw the picture of Sir Galahad and he thought i could never I can never be like that because i'm because I'm not clean. He looked at Brick Holmes and he was like, maybe I could be like that because i'm I've got that same head trauma.
2: <laughs> I got big legs. I could play football yeah I think that this 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 season did a really good job with brick Holmes uh with bringing back Felicia Day with the uh Grandpa Winchester uh with these kind of small characters that pop up yeah. and we may see in like one or two other episodes uh with the Felicia day but uh for the most part are kind of self-contained in the episode that are still extremely entertaining. The, the Gollum episode is, as you guys know, or it's extremely one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural. It's so ever.
1: good. And just, just that character. Turned him just, into a bag of Lego bricks. I mean, is it's one just my favorite like lines from the show.
2: It's just, it's so good. And you know, the, 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 <laughs> the boy smoked the page. Like, it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> and <clears throat> that's one thing I feel like the show is getting better and better at is, as much as I'm, as much as I waffle on the actual monster of the week episodes, because they can vary in quality so much, like we'll get, you know, weird child Hunter drama that doesn't make sense or the weird cartoon episode or the, you know, the found footage episode. The dog
1: episode.
2: Yeah. Or yeah, the, or the weird bestiality episode. Uh, they are all getting better at creating those characters. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's a strength in this, this whole series as a production, like as, as a, right. You know, supernatural, you know, Supernatural Incorporated. I don't know if that actually exists or not, but you know, as a as a franchise, they seem to be getting better about that.
3: Definitely. So, what do you what do you think about? I guess the bi- the big arc of this, or the the big payoff of this, I, I I assume is the God Trials, right? That's kind of our big our big move because when I when they got into that part of the season not only i mean that comes with the the demon and angel tablets and you know the the war in heaven with the angels there's there's a lot going on here we got a knight of hell abaddon running around so there's a lot of a lot of meat on these bones but the core of this half of the season of the second half of the season feels like it lies with the god trials and with the goal of closing the gates of hell and when i first heard that watching this for the first time i was like holy fuck yeah this feels like season five like end of the world type thing that we have to do where how do you go bigger than the apocalypse i think was always kind of the question um after season five so they had to keep trying you know new interesting things with the alphas of the viathans and now a quest that the boys are actively engaged in so it's not just them reacting to bad things anymore it's them pursuing something having more agency in it yeah and them doing this this big thing to do to close the gates of hell which feels like it just feels like such a winchester thing to do um going back to season two when they were trying to to stop the um what was it the the gate to hell that was opened um it wasn't like the literal gates of hell it wasn't like the metaphysical seal between hell and earth uh but there was the gate of hell that that got opened by yellow eyes and john winchester was able to come out all that i mean just, it just CGI'd reminded me, into heaven he gets cgi'd into heaven it just reminded me of that and and something that was sort of very integral to sam and dean's quest was just like killing killing demons and dean says it himself in, in the finale about how you know the things that killed mom well, whenever they bring it back to that to that family thing i think it works really well so this this felt very very Winchester to me, which is always good. I really like the Winchester stuff. Whereas the other seasons, it felt like they were other people's quests. It was just other shit going on, and they were caught up in the middle of it. But this is something they were actively driving
1: towards, and I love that a lot. So what did what did y'all think? Dean is going so big with it, too. Like, you know, this is just the, like, ultimate hit him in the daddy bits moment, where it's oh, like, yeah. I'm not going to pick you off, like, small bits by bits. I'm just going to sh- shut all the gates. Like, yeah. you're no longer getting to even come in and, like, invite yourself into our world. Which would stop, like,
3: 99% like, wow, of their really problems. Big <laughs> then they could just go back to killing ghosts.
2: I, look, there is a Wendigo problem that is fucking out of control, and nobody is dealing with the Wendigos. Nobody's dealing with it. Because they are too busy dealing with these fucking demon problems. Um, and
3: the only other guy, Tommy, from Season 1, Episode 2, who maybe has some experience killing Wendigos, he's dead now, too!
2: Yep r.i.p tommy
3: r.i.p tommy r.i.p ion r.i.p tommy yep r.i.p benny
2: kevin's mom a lot of people yeah! a lot of people mom. a lot of people die in this kevin's a mom linda one, which always i don't know why up. it just cracks me up that kevin's mom is named linda. grandpa winchester grandpa winchester <laughs> yep mm-hmm.
3: grandpa winchester
2: that uh the girl that that punk rock that girl. sam
3: kissed in season one the punk rock girl got her body stolen by Abaddon, or t-shirt or t-shirt
2: yeah i don't want your body i just want your i just want that dope-ass shirt
1: yeah can i just say how much i love the fact that crowley was sitting reading those schlocky novels and was like oh yeah i have an intelligence network like "Mm -hmm, yeah yeah, sure you do (laughs)
2: <laughs> for as uh extremely over the top and and evil as they want crowley to be they just can't help but give him these comedic moments that really you know just detract from that in some kind of way like him saying that he yeah. would make a great dean while he was doing while i was directing the fake dean and sam to try to get information out of kevin And i thought that is is you know it's just all of these weird schlocky moments that just make him so much not a threat like you can definitely see why abaddon hates that that dude is the king of hell
3: yeah yeah uh, he's still he's still that smarmy salesman, and that's why you know, I think that we've had brief flashes of it because Mark Shepard is like a really great actor, uh, and I'm sure that we will see some more of the the true dark side of Crowley in the future. But this, uh, he's just so goddamn like charismatic that I'm like, I'm not afraid of you. I just like want to hear you talk. <laughs> like I know you do really evil shit, but it's a TV show,
2: so <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> I think to answer your question though, the uh the 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 God Trials did. That, you know that we learned from the the demon tablet and then subsequently the the other god trials that we learned from the angel tablet um all of that stuff like god not being a presence in the universe i think is really interesting number one uh and that's pretty common in this kind of fiction but number two like leaving these as metatron refers to them these levers around to to change the the axis of the world essentially of the universe i think mm-hmm. is a really cool idea like Proving yourself to be able to go through these trials and then to be able to accomplish a goal like shutting down the gates of hell or heaven or whatever it is casting out all of the angels from heaven as a now do out.
1: all of them end with the ultimate sacrifice like because what if there's just like an incredibly minor lever that it's like <laughs> oh you know like uh, I we want, want to turn be all, sunny for we, a want, little to, we want
2: to turn all of the four Tauruses into four focuses Who, who's willing to step yeah. up and, and take yeah. the sacrifice for that <laughs> <laughs> the color blue yeah,
1: is Sam, now purple s- Sam is yeah, just following for Taco sword. Tuesday. Okay? I hope you know right.
3: that <laughs> sweaty Sam's getting up there and he's like I'll do it I'll do it dude do <laughs> Dude, i'm not clean i'm not, not clean give
2: me uh, that sword to fall on <laughs> yeah. but like you were saying like the you know the constant need to expand the universe beyond the apocalypse i think is over the last few seasons kind of worked against it i think this is the first time that i have really felt that they were doing good work in expanding the universe beyond the apocalypse uh-huh. uh season you know season seven with the leviathans as much as i like that season um it's the leviathans are never as scary as i want them to be and they're they're never given a chance to really be that terrifying so all of a sudden like the these these trials and like that God has these plans or that at least has these things that he has laid out with Metatron which I can't believe we're actually talking saying the word Metatron out loud. I don't this is my life now I guess. It's Marv. Marv.
0: Marv
2: uh, is is really is is super interesting and I I I like the fact that you know Anybody could pick this up. You could read these directions, right? Like, oh, I just need to, you know, save a soul from hell and get it to heaven. But only the fucking Winchesters would really kind of have the connects in order to be able to put that together as a human, right? And you need a,
1: like you need a prophet of the lord too to actually be your translator for this and you need a seven dollar
2: micro yeah. ipa oh i got that says D. That's the problem i, I got yeah. that one <laughs> i got that covered i know i talked a lot of shit before but
3: these are pretty good
2: so yeah i'm 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 into the overarching plot i thought the uh the twist at the end um not necessarily a twist but uh marv trying to be like hey castiel come do these other trials i think that was really good and that moment where castiel is like oh yeah i've been doing the i've been doing the angel tri- i've been doing the god trials with the with the angel tablet and he continues like what wait a minute what yeah. <laughs> what are you talking what? about <laughs> what <laughs> um
3: yeah it's i i didn't remember really being into any of that stuff because i i remember feeling very uh very bored of the angels that w- i wasn't interested so this, like, angel trial crap just was like, eh, whatever. But this time, I found myself a lot more here for it. Just, like, weirdly, I was a lot more here for the Leviathans last season. Um, but, so, when when Marv kind of... It it was weird knowing, obviously, that it was going to happen. You know that he's going to do a heel turn. Uh, but it still felt really satisfying when it happened. It still felt like he a real... A such venom moment. in
1: yeah. him, too, for all those angels. Like, you can tell this is a long game he's been playing he is just this is the long con and he is ready for it and it works so well uh and it it just we you
3: know they only introduced him like one or two episodes previous and suddenly he feels like and he's such a he's such a an unassuming guy and he plays he plays megatron that way when he's first there with a shotgun in his books just sort of like this kind of scatterbrained guy hol- holed up in his hotel room reading books all the time you don't expect him to to have these evil plans all laid out and and when he does that that little turn and we see that image of him with the with the bloody like tear going down his face and you're just like oh fuck shit is about to get crazy
2: how did how did both of you feel about that uh um, because there's you know there's this kind of a time order tradition to hide the the true villain of a of a thing until the end and then to reveal oh it wasn't actually Naomi all along it was this Guy Marv that's been sitting here in this abandoned casino in Colorado or whatever yeah um smoking that legal weed i guess i don't know what marv has been doing um but <laughs> uh i he's such an unassuming guy he's such an unassuming looking actor and they've got him dressed like very much like everybody's kind of Academic uncle, like the guy, like your yeah. uncle. That's I was not gonna quite. Say, he has, looks like an uncle. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like the he's like your uncle that's just still struggling to get tenure. Right, he's not like successful or <laughs> anything, but like he's he's got a regular gig at the at the at the at the local community college. Um, and to have him go from that to. I'm going to, I can't believe you guys <clears throat> did this to me. I'm going to, I'm going to get revenge on all of you. I think it was actually a pretty successful turn. And I, yeah. I Like the fact that in the, in the finale, he actually accomplishes his goal. He kicks everybody out of heaven. So now heaven is just his, like, that's a dope supervillain mo- mood move, right? Yeah. We, uh,
3: you know, and, and it doesn't feel, I think like it too out of nowhere in a way. I mean, it is out of nowhere, but because that was never really the main focus of our season, we were worried about Crowley, we were worried about demons, and I think that it's I think it's helpful that or it, it works a little bit better that the the Marv megatron heel turn it it does come out of nowhere, but that's not like what this season has been about. The season has been about demons and tablets and closing the gates of hell and the God trials and Sam uh, having a girlfriend and you know like Dean not wanting his nipples touched by ben i I'm, I'm i don't remember their situation um. It's been about these other things with a little bit uh of background noise about angels and a little bit of background noise about prophets. And obviously then we get the scribe of God and, and these sort of things are building up in the background, like, okay, that's that's cool, that's interesting. In fact, like the first time that they do the uh the, the little mind transport to um Angel Office Depot, it's really, really cool. So there there is this interesting side content happening, but our main thrust is about something else until the very end, where suddenly it's like we've been doing the God Trials to close the gates of hell, so like, oh yeah, of course there's of course there's Angel Trials, and of course this guy would know about it, he was gonna get Castiel, and oh, Castiel, what are you getting up to now? And that part doesn't feel too extreme, because you're like, yeah, that's just like the other side of this coin that w- we're already working with, we're comfortable with this. And that way when when the heel turn finally comes, when Marv reveals himself to be an agent of, of destruction towards heaven, you're like, oh, fuck! But when it's not like, oh, uh, wait, he was really... Uh, crowley this whole time because that would be very silly um but this this because it's it's separate but still really effective and i think that it, it doesn't it doesn't just like step in front of the plot line that we already had rather it's sort of walking beside it and now it's outpacing it and the the closing the gates of hell thing gets left behind because dean didn't want sam to die so it gets paused it stops right there at the very end And then suddenly, before they can even consider going through with
1: it again, they look up at the sky and there's literally angels falling from it. Which is so metal. That is just like- Extremely metal. Give me an animated background of just Dean hugging Sam and the angels falling, just- uh, Toasted I'm, I'm Toasted brought this it. up on
2: the uh, Discord and I forgot to bring it up in the main episode uh, The music that they play here is Really good, the the music that they're Playing really while the angels good. are falling, it's one of the first And few times that we've ever heard choral Music, like we get a lot of You know, raw guitars yeah, yeah. and We get uh, We get a bunch of different stuff but we do, very rare Do you get like this kind of uh, Choral kind of thing and it's it just really Fits the mood, it feels unique because it's a unique Thing that's happening and I, 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 I just really Dig it Bye.
1: And speaking to, like, Metatron's plans, like, they they really feel like that they were just going to happen eventually, and just so happens that the Winchesters kind of drop exactly what they needed in their, their lap. Like, you know, here's Castiel, and it's like, Castiel has already rebelled against Heaven and knows how fucked up that it is up there. Like, there's a war going on, and just as, like, the, you know, the brothers want to close off Hell because of the fact that, like they have a lot of trauma built up with that like castiel has so much trauma built up from feeling guilty about setting it off like that but then mega you know metatron megatron whatever you want to call him marv ends (laughs) up uh revealing that it's like oh no castiel like this has been like this for a long long time like you didn't just break it like this was going to happen you know eventually when some of these factions just decided to you know break out into all out war like not everyone yep. wanted the apocalypse.
2: You know um I, I didn't really this didn't occur to me until you were just talking Roxy but uh the Winchester's coming along and basically delivering Castiel but also d- do we buy that Marv just was completely unplugged from the goings on of the of the planet and of the of the universe like do you think he didn't know that Michael was dead and Lucifer was gone and all this other stuff or do you think that so do you think that he knew about that stuff number one or do you think that he like heard this stuff from from these two like ridiculously hunky humans that he had never seen before and was like you know what now that this whole universe is in chaos I've been mad for a long time this is my chance let's get this done I feel like and like that immediately like started putting a plan spot. into motion cause they,
1: it puts so much of like a responsibility onto the boys for introducing that to him where it's just like, Oh, Hey, this is you know, our new ally. Like, obviously the scribe of God's going to be on our side.
2: Whoops. <laughs> just another thing yeah. for Sam to confess in the booth and while he's all alone to himself. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's talk Speaking about, of, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: I was just going to say, Jeremy, I don't know if you said it on the podcast or just to me, but, um, you you've been kinda of coming around on, on our boy Sam this season, am, am I wrong?
2: No, I, absolutely. I uh have I've never been anti-Sam or anything. Um I feel like this is the season that they um, as much as I didn't like the Amelia stuff, uh, I didn't like the way that that was executed. I actually like that Sam tried to get away and then was made to com- feel like complete shit about it for like twenty episodes afterwards. Yeah. Um yeah. But by the end, by the end of his arc and by the stuff that they do with the, you know, you mentioned it earlier with the Sir Galahad or Lancelot or whatever it was with the, I don't feel clean from a very young age. The uh, the 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 st- when he says like when he went to confess to clean his blood, all he could confess about was disappointing dean um it really makes you feel sad for that dude it's it just really makes you <clears throat> it makes you realize like how much trauma he has gone through his entire life from from literally his birth like from the moment that just that how was alien born. he
1: feels to everyone yeah. else and mm-hmm. it's
2: it's got to be rough and i think that Jared has always been a good actor. I think he's always done a really solid job as Sam. He's even had some really bright moments where uh, he's, he's excelled. I think that this season is the first time that he has come close to, to matching Jensen. And that's not, that's not a dig. Like, you know, Chris is funny, but like he's not as funny as I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, so some right. pe- some people are just different right. levels of things. Uh, but I think exactly. I, yeah. think, <laughs> I think Jared is uh, <laughs> really, really just killed it this entire season, especially towards the end, and especially in the finale
1: where the, the yeah. that, that and you last scene. Work with scene, the material that you're given. So well, you also know, that yeah, like they, they gave him they, they like did give a him some really room good lines. Yeah,
3: and it wasn't just a one off episode of him having emotions like this cathartic breakthrough that he hasn't talked about in six months. This was a good half the season building up to this and um, him kind of going through different phases of it of like, no, I'm doing the God trials because I want to survive this. And you don't Dean to suddenly uh, I don't care. Like, uh, yeah, so I am going to die doing this, but like, it'll be over and I'm going to do it. Um, So he, he goes through a lot of phases of Sam and it's all very emotional and very heavy and very dark. And, and Jared does a really great job with that.
2: Chris, what do you think is your (laughs) best and worst episodes?
3: um okay best has has to be the finale it's it's one of my favorite episodes of the show i think at this point after after watching this season eight finale yeah um so the my my favorite episode of the season is definitely the finale what what do you think what is the worst episode it's gonna be one of the flashback episodes no no no, 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 no. it's fucking teen teen queen romance whatever bullshit that episode that episode sucks uh, wait, was this, wait, hold on, was yeah, this, you gotta think was this back, the season think back. with the found bitten? footage episode? It is. Yeah, yeah, Bitten,
1: that was the- Yo!
3: Yo! That episode sucks! Uh,
2: I think- Motherfuckers. I think one of my favorite uh, episodes out of the season is LARP and the Real Girl. Uh, it, oh yeah. Like, that's just, as much, I'm a huge Charlie fan, and then seeing those boys just kind of play around in this thing- and seeing some kind of aftershocks of what charlie went through and they in season seven just seeing that kind of take it to a conclusion that in season eight but not in that episode but you get to see dean dress up you get to see sam dress up it's a good time like everybody mm-hmm. is having a good i mean sam's not having a good time that girl hits on him and he's very uncomfortable but otherwise he's yeah. having a great time
3: <laughs> yeah, i mean see he's still sort of unpacking a lot of his girlfriend guilt but he's he's having fun
2: and uh for the worst episode uh bitten is is real easy uh to, to pick i think but uh just to just to put it out there that hunteri hiroshi i i don't think that that's a good episode when i look back on it i think it's got a couple of good comedic bits i think it has some okay cgi but like remembering that castiel and sam were in that dude's like white screen brain for a while oh yeah and the and the and yeah the way that they saved the people in that episode was just to have this dude be like a complete mute lobotomized. Just, like, he's lobotomized he's completely lobotomized and just listening to music in his brain that's a ridiculous conclusion for everybody Cass, to that's be not happy okay at. that's not that, cool that's not a good solution <laughs> once again castiel because chris you mentioned this anytime he comes up with an idea on his own it's all fucking terrible
3: Stupid, dum dumb baby
1: brain. He's like John Winchester, but but he's nice. So I have two. Uh, for worst, um, mine's gonna be Witch cop? First one. Yeah. Oh like yeah, God, yeah, Witch, Witch cop like, is bad? Yeah, that is just. Uh, there's such like a a through line of like bestiality there that is so uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. <laughs> they could have literally been like oh this is my familiar and do like every other supernatural where it's just a human because you know that's what magical beings are in this yeah yeah we, uh, yeah but i would have i would have like, been okay with that <laughs> but it's like oh we're we're going to show her turn into a dog and we're going to yeah. show him pet the dog and you're like but that uh ga- ah no we see sam rubbing
2: down on her belly
3: as in dog form and then and moments later she transforms into human later yeah we do we do get the that one one really good scene in that episode where sam tries to come out to explain to dean that he has he's brought home a dog uh and he's really embarrassed about it and then the woman walks out and dean is like holy
2: shit (laughs) (laughs) how are you still alive (laughs) i've never never seen a live ex-girlfriend before this is
1: crazy (laughs) <laughs> uh, um and you my second you one two. would be yeah. bitten because i like big fan of werewolves and you want to talk about some lame-ass werewolves but yeah. like just the the characters in that were so so unlikable and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not here for your tween like oh what you know what's our future going to hold for us it's like okay. it's gonna suck it's going to yeah. suck kid that's what your future's going to hold for you I never thought about my future in college I was like yo I got homework
3: like <laughs> but y'all trying to hang out anyway <laughs> that would be it
2: I am uh the the I still go back to the thing that we said about it when we covered it for the podcast which is that chick in a in a room full of the stinking corpses of her friends Sat down at a MacBook and like opened up iMovie edited and edited out edited the entire video it's and insane. then put like a music musical sting at the end and then was like okay you get a duffel bag and you load it up and you leave
1: you that is what you do you need to get out of here You're, there's no reason for you God to be here psycho. hop on a Greyhound get the hell out of here maybe cross the fucking bar- like the border and just keep going because <laughs> the Winchesters are after you now it's uh... and y'all like.
2: crazy the fact that they do that is just absolutely crazy um let's uh let's wrap it up what do you and roxy you go first because we talk all the time uh give me your your overall thoughts on on season eight and then uh we'll we'll get into some some funny games
1: okay um season eight had a lot of really strong meta plot within it like I really love how much that they expanded out the universe, and like we got to see a little bit more about the factions in heaven, and like how you know the boys interacting with demons again because demons are a thing in the universe, y'all. Like, just because Leviathans had to be a, like sidetracked doesn't mean that we have to forget about our main antagonist of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, they killed their mom. Like, there is we we have plenty yeah, of background for this, but um, for the most part, like. Everything about the flashbacks just completely and early like stalls out the momentum forward for them actually getting to what they really wanted to work with where it's the god mm-hmm. trials and the god trials really show how like Dean is going to have to start believing in Sam like he said that he does and that he's going to support him but they always seem to kind of reset that back for that brother drama that's manufactured and like this is the first time that we're actually seeing Sam step forth into the limelight and actually take this responsibility onto himself and it not be just a thing of like him doing it alone because we've seen when he does it alone he's gonna make the mistake of just putting himself way beyond his limits and he's going to push himself into a dark place because he's kind of like predisposition to that and Mm -hmm. it's part of his nature and like we get to see a really really vulnerable side of him usually he spends so much time projecting all of these emotions that seem like really insincere about like you know dean why don't you feel this dean why don't you feel this it's like but we actually get to peel back the layer of sam and actually see what's really going on in you know this messed up like sad boy's life because he feels just so distant and alien from everything like he never wanted to be a hunter he didn't want this life like for the longest time he didn't even know that his parents like you know, had this sort of supernatural involvement. Like, his dad was just shunting him around from hotel to hotel until finally it got revealed to him, like, oh yeah, you know, we're hunters. And it's like, and he gets the chance to actually get outside of that life and have what he wanted and experience it. And I feel like that maybe Sam realizes that he doesn't really belong in either world, but at least being a hunter, like, the darkness and the freak side of him is actually held up to, like, some sort of esteem like that it's useful at least. And while he's able to like play it being somebody who has a normal life, it, it really kind of comes off as like just a, another attempt of him to like run away. Like college was like, I I can't, I honestly can't see like Sam ever have sticking with that life, especially once they revealed that all of it was a lie. Like it, it really delivered on some great Sam content. And like, I, I hate to say it, but like, they really didn't write Dean very well. Like for the, for the first part of it, like they could have played into that, you know, survivor's guilt and that trauma a bit and like have him. Cause they show him with that one guy, uh, when they're doing the interrogation, him just going way too far and, and like switching back to purg brain. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, why don't we get some of that? Like where, you know, like why don't we get Perk brain dean every so often and like sam having to help him with that like and instead we just get like angry angry dean for so long until angry, finally self-righteous
2: you know, dean which is like we
1: get the yeah. most touching scene of him just coming to terms with the fact of like i would be more willing to just continue the shitty life of fighting these demons you know one at a time than to actually sacrifice my brother for this like mm-hmm. i i have given up so much for all of this and like i would give up myself but i cannot give up my brother like it and the whole ride like is worth it for that honestly to me
3: nice yeah
1: yeah <laughs> chris final thoughts
3: final thoughts on season eight huh um well it, it all turned out well in the end i was worried for a little while there because the first half of the seasons feels so aimless and i my memories of of season 8 were all over the place i had such high expectations going in and then found myself disappointed on this rewatch um but yeah like roxy said i think it's the relationship of the boys and they they do a lot of stuff that i don't necessarily enjoy partly as just a fan of of like the show and partly just as like being invested in the characters, I guess, um, you know, I, I want them to be on the same team. And I understand that sometimes it's good when they're not. And then it, it works better when they when they aren't on the same team, because it it creates like natural good TV, you know, good drama. But because so much of that is seemingly manufactured or feels manufactured because we've been here before, it's kind of tough. Um, but I think that in the end, they, they pull it together um, and, and it pays off really, really well and I think, in a way, having so much of the bullshit this season makes that finale so much more powerful um, when they're able to come together at that at that last instant when it really matters. Um, so that's all really, really good. Um, the The Medal of Letter stuff is really great. The Angel stuff, which I did not expect to find myself enjoying, but I really enjoy. It has all come together to to build something new out of what felt like the ashes of Supernatural, because Season 5 always felt like the stopping point season six and seven are just kind of like mashed in there and the beginning of season eight is mashed in there, but they, they've been able to pick it up and I think restore some of it. And I don't know how it's going to be going forward. I don't really remember that much, um, but coming out of season eight, I'm, I'm feeling positive.
2: So, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with both of your broader points. I'm not going to, I'm not going to relive all of those. am not going to resay all of that stuff. I will say that uh, the end of this season feels like it is, it has shaken up, our boys but also provided them with a base to deal with that which i find kind of interesting because at the end of season seven things were crazy at the end of season six things were crazy like it's, mm-hmm. they, they they want to the show wants to drive that that craziness home of, it, of that anything could possibly happen um at the end of this season crowley excuse me um well yeah crowley we can start with that crowley d- d- seems to be kind of human now which is very weird castiel yeah. has been has been cast out of heaven. His grace has been stolen. We don't really know the ramifications of that. Although the oh yeah, the, the stuff <laughs> that, all about <laughs> of the angels have been yeah. cast out of heaven. <clears throat> uh, you know, Marv kind of said like, "You're basically mortal now. When you die, come see me." Um, Dean's okay; <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> fine.
1: Uh,
2: and Sam, who has been <laughs> incredibly sick while he was going through these trials, uh, you know, I don't think that just because he didn't do the last one that that's going to all of a sudden go away. So we have this confusion of of where we where what they're going to do next and things like that but you also have the the bunker that gives them kind of a place to to rest to lay low and to research this stuff um the idea of the bunker we i don't think we really talked about this a lot but all of the machines in the bunker going off as the angels were falling down i think was really cool like i like the mm-hmm. idea that they may actually have some proactive tracking stuff you know materials for for, for themselves and
1: <laughs> even if they're ancient in like terms of technology yeah
2: even if they're from the 1950s like you it's still pretty dope that you would have this stuff uh and i, I just i like the fact that they have a home base and i like the fact that they're going to have to deal with each other there's really nowhere else they can go when a bunker kind of by definition is going to shove them in each other's faces all the time and uh, I, I hope they they kind of deal with this relatively well um yeah. and also and r- remember leaving
1: off it's not a like super apocalyptic event. Like, yes, the angels have fallen and like they're here and they're our problem now, but it's not like that, you know, the world is literally going to end because of this. Like there's well, just more assholes for us to have to deal with now.
2: <laughs> I think the big concern is that you've got a fucking psychopath that's cementing himself in heaven and barred all the doors and not letting anybody in. Uh, yeah. So, like, what is Marv going to do with the Like, what kind of power does that give him that he can just hang out in heaven? So, yeah. Um, overall, like, I, I feel like as rough of a start as it was and as as a couple of the downers of, of, of episodes that there are, season eight really surprised me with how strong it is, especially towards the end. Uh I could I could never watch all of that Amelia stuff ever again. Like I think if I ever try to rewatch this, <laughs> not for the podcast, I'm just going to be like skimming past all of those you know dumbass memory bullshit. I just don't like I don't like that at all. Uh but there's some really interesting stuff kind of buried in there, so I'm I'm kind of into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was now- originally my stall out point on my second rewatch through, so like the podcast actually helped me get through this because there's there's a lot in there that's you know it's worth watching but like you said i i can't i can't see going through with the whole amelia amelia stuff again or any of the like manufactured drama just it, it's worth the one watch and then you know get move on to the next
2: i know what that is now i never have to watch it again i'm okay yeah yeah <laughs> uh any last thoughts
3: i think i think we've said what we needed to say
2: okay uh listeners we're gonna we're gonna take a brief break you're gonna hear some music play we're gonna come back and we're gonna play some um some really dumb games and we're gonna answer some really funny questions uh we will be
0: right back
2: All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, a bunch of you have rode in with some fuck Mary hunts, with some funk Benny Kevin's, with some would you rather's. <laughs> We've got some, we got, we got stuff all over the place here. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna let you start us out. Go, go right ahead.
3: Okay, the first one is from our friend Mai. Um, so, would you rather hell and heaven are sealed? All angels and demons are in their places and can't come out. But humans also never get to go to either, and instead just cease existence completely on death or demons and angels are both exiled on earth. The only way to get into heaven or hell is via death. A uh, fun angel V demon V hunter shenanigans ensue on earth. Um, so either you, when you die, nothing happens because everybody's trapped on earth or everybody can go to heaven or hell, but you got to live with angels and demons.
1: I, uh, I almost I, feel like I would want to go with the demons and angels, because, like, one of my biggest, like, fears is just, like, the nothingness and void after death. So, like, <laughs> okay, that would be the fair. worst. Like, and so long as, like, uh, well, if I get to be a ghost, like, at least I get to slowly go mad as a ghost, but True. still, I think I'd deal with angels and demons and hunters. I Once um, if anything tragic happens to you, you just get to use that as an excuse to become a hunter, so... Yeah, sure, I, stu- I stumped
2: sure. my toe. Oh no!
1: Now I'm a hunter. Yeah.
2: I burnt my toast. I, uh, <laughs> I've I've been I've been an atheist for quite some time, and uh, so I'm very used to the idea of just completely ceasing existing on death. And the idea of having like any kind of post-apocalyptic situation scares the hell out of me because I'm not particularly. Uh, survivalist kind of dude like you know what i'm saying like i can't really operate anything if it doesn't have a keyboard and a mouse attached to it so i'm gonna be pretty useful in the war of angels and demons and hunters on earth so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with just i die i stop to exist and everybody's in their place and it's pretty chill and peaceful all right all right
3: yeah i don't know um parby wants to just say everything's chill and you die and you die but i think the uh i think the 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 rpg in me just has to has to go with uh demons and Angels are are both on Earth, and we're just gonna have a wild fucking time. I mean, in in practice, it's it would probably be a nightmare every waking day. But um, but in, in a hypothetical, it sounds fucking kick ass. <laughs>
2: uh, our next one is from uh, Jay, who wrote himself as Jay from the Discord. Uh, he asked us would you rather funk benny or kevin demon sam hunter crowley or graceless Cass?" so we got to figure out who we want to funk benny or kevin you could and honestly i don't know what any of these boards mean in this context so i'm just gonna let you guys decide this is
1: so confusing this is very
2: confusing i
1: love it for benny that could be kill because yeah absolutely yeah
3: (laughs) yeah um all right let's see uh demon sam the demon playing sam what does it even mean
2: uh, <laughs> jay, the, you, jay jay was on one on this one he, he wrote us a lot of feedback and i'll just clip this one from the end to put here
3: okay um so f- i'm you know what you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna funk graceless cast because he's newly human mm-hmm. and he deserves to feel like one i love that um i'm about to uh i'm about to do you on this one I'm about to demons i'm gonna benny on demon sam mm-hmm. because as much as i love you brother you know it ain't working out between us and i'm got you gotta you gotta die yeah, sure. <laughs> um and then i'm gonna have to go ahead and kevin human crowley because you know human crowley he's got a lot to bring to the table he's got a lot on offer he's very interesting but at the same time that's a lot of emotional baggage i don't want to deal with i don't want to unpack so i'm probably just gonna stick him on a houseboat somewhere and i'm gonna go off and i'm gonna do my thing and check in on him every couple months
1: i love it <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm gonna have to say i'll i'm gonna funk human crowley because it's it's been a while since he's felt human and uh he deserves a little bit of loving i mean he says it himself don't don't i deserve love Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna benny demon sam because like you you don't get to play my boy sam like big big kicks is sacred that's right and uh i'm i'm gonna kevin graceless cast just because you know Big dumb baby brain and uh, danger to the world, especially now that he's human. Danger to himself. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you're yep. like, y- you're gonna just sit at the bunker, and uh, I'm gonna teach you how to make uh, a nice burger. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. Is uh is Demon Sam the same as Sola Sam? I don't know. Okay, so. I think it's literally talking about the two demons that were playing them whenever they walked. Oh, over.
2: oh! okay, 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 okay. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bin a demon, Sam. I'm going to uh, just use him once and then forget about him and then call him up and have to execute him for a favor. Uh, yeah, human Crowley. I'm gonna Kevin that dude. I'm gonna lock him up into a uh, in a in a houseboat somewhere. Make him do my bidding, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna funk Graceless Cass because who doesn't want to funk a Cass?
3: That's right, that's right. Gonna make him feel human. Mm-hmm.
2: Roxy, you are up next.
1: Alrighty. Uh this one's from John uh on Twitter as 99 Dexterity. Hello again, y'all. Was listening to the finale episode and came upon a nifty little thing. Hunks, it's once again to time uh it's once again time to play Fuck Mary Hunt. Your choices are Crowley's cell phone, Sam's Big Kick's legs, and the Winchester arm pocket, the place where Benny went to whenever he was inside <laughs> Sam or Dean's arms. <laughs> okay, these enjoy. are three very
2: good ones. I like this wow. a lot. I'm gonna go. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. Oh, man, I gotta fuck that arm pocket. <laughs> I just gotta do it. <laughs> no,
1: I gotta. No, I fuck feel you. I feel you. Is like the most monster of the week <laughs> thing that we. I said do so feel far. you. <laughs>
2: I'm going to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to marry Sam's big kick legs because I mean I feel like wow. that's just the obvious choice. And then uh, yeah. Crowley's cell phone is probably as much data as it probably has because it's he mm-hmm. just it's just a six 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 phone. I, I, you got to hunt it down, man. You can't you can't just have unlimited data yeah. phones out there Demon floating phone. around. Yeah. Right,
3: that's that's supernatural right there. I got I got I'm, go- I'm right there with you. That arm pocket. What do you think happens when you nut blood inside that arm pocket? Oh God, There's don't. like if Dean then cuts it out like in a graveyard. Is it gonna resurrect some fucking bone somewhere? I want to get in on that action. I want to find out what that's about. I love Second, it. Second. Big kicks, I'm about to climb those big kicks like a goddamn tree trunk in holy matrimony. That's what I'm gonna be doing. And so third, that fucking phantom cell phone, if I gotta pay for data, so do you, Crowley. Alright? I'm destroying that thing.
2: <laughs> Roxy, what you got?
1: Uh, I'm I'm getting up on those those big kick legs. I'm 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 riding those big kick legs. I'm gonna fuck 'em. And yep. uh I think I'm I'm gonna marry the Winchester arm pocket because there's safety and security within it. Like, okay, you know, sure. You, you gotta say that if you're gonna put your soul anywhere, I'd rather it be in Sam and Dean than uh, mm-hmm. some other like rando. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna hunt the I'm gonna hunt the cell phone, but I want to get those contacts. Like you, you know that Crowley's got <laughs> several guys. Like
2: Crowley has guys. Okay. He has guys for everything. Like, like he's he's got he a yard going to know
1: somebody yeah. is gonna be Crowley.
2: <laughs> definitely. Chris, read the next one, please.
1: Fuck Mary Hunt, Benny the
3: Vamp, Garth, your boy Garth, or Bobby the Ghost. Fuck Mary Hunt.
2: Uh, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to marry Garth because mm-hmm. I mean, just that—that's just an interesting, it's interesting relationship. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck Bobby because I mean, come on. I'm gonna make him leave the cap on. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> <hunt>. <laughs> I'm
3: leave
1: went. the cap. On. Yeah, I'm gonna make him wear the
2: hat while he's doing it. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, is it post or it has to be post bullet hole? Because this is Bobby the Ghost. Well, oh
2: yeah, I can't finish unless there's a bullet hole in the hat. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt down Benny the Vampire because as much good as he's done for our boys, he's still a fucking vampire. Everybody.
3: Um.
1: Yeah. Uh. Roxy, what about you? Uh, let's see, I'm I'm gonna marry Garth, because he seems to be the most put-together hunter in, like, the entire universe. And, uh, I feel like I could play Sega Genesis and, you know, go to his yogi with him. Uh, I'm gonna fuck Bobby the Ghost, because Bobby's our boy, and, you know, he needs some love, too. Uh, hunt Benny the Vampire, because sorry, Benny, but you're the other dude, and, uh, it was a summer love fling. Sorry. Man, I... Hmm... I, I almost wanted to say I'm, I'll am i marry
3: Benny the Vampire because I feel like he needs love and he's he's so willing to just be down for you. You know, he just needs somebody, and I feel like I I need that. So you know what? I'm just for the sake of this, I'm gonna say I'll marry Benny. I'm a fuck Garth, but you got that cine addiction thing going on with blood. It's like it's you know, it's fine. It's it's fine. You can you can have mine. Um, and I'll I'll bone down with Garth because Garth's a good dude. He's not gonna you know. He's he's not gonna fuck you over, Bobby. It is not that I want to kill Bobby, but he's a ghost and he needs to pass on. So I'm gonna kill. He was Bobby. also really angry too. Yeah,
2: yeah. he was not. Yeah. He was not. He was not rational. He was not a rational ghost. So
1: yeah, there's um, angry ghost fucking. There. Wow, like yeah. now I, now I'm thinking about it and it's like I, I mean I guess I'm here for it, but
2: <laughs> I guess that's why they call the I, porn lay in my bed <laughs> just the grudge, right? That's just what it's called. <laughs> Uh, our next one is from um, XX Capstiel is canon underscore sixty nine XX. <laughs> Thank you, Capstiel is canon. We appreciate it. Uh, they bring us another fuck Mary Hunt this time fanfic pairs fuck Mary Hunt Winchester. Excuse me, Winsest, Destiel
1: and Megstiel. If you could okay. see my face right now when the word Winchester gets like red, mm-hmm. like obviously Hunt. Hunt Wincest. No. Yep. Guys, I, I'm sorry if that's your thing, but no. I think we're all going to be hunting Mary, some Wincest. <laughs> I'm going with Destiel. Like, pure, wholesome relationship right there. And fuck. Meg's DL, well, they seem like they'd be down for it. I mean, third party and everything. Like sure. Meg's a demon. Castiel's just he doesn't even know what's going on
2: meg would definitely be down for it and (laughs) castiel would just just be along for the ride (laughs) he'd be like
1: okay honey sure let's 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 see what this happens he has the camera yeah i think i uh the red light's on does that mean it's recording
3: (laughs) 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 definitely definitely get a hunt wincest um keep it out of the family all right guys i know it's the family business but it ain't gotta be like that destiel yeah you know it's it's the romance for the ages it isn't just about the physical nature of it because you know one of you is not even human um and and then meg Stiel, that's the down and dirty shit you know that's that's
1: the the, the rub
3: and tug i don't know why i just you're said you're crossing rub and tug, off but two so at
1: the same time too. angel and demon like yeah you're getting yeah. your freak on hardcore with that yeah I would so, yeah, say that that's days what days
2: creates Nephilim, but I have been told that that is not what creates Nephilim. <laughs> I was wrong <laughs> when I said that on a podcast. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious here. I'm going to hunt Wincest because fuck Wincest. I'm going I'm to marry Destiel because those are my boys. And uh, I'm going to fuck around with Mextiel. So I'm, I'm into that.
1: <clears throat> right on. Uh, this next one's from uh, Fletch, also known as Penis on the Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, Good to know. Who do you put the super crown on? Which supernatural characters needs dim jugs? One answer per host. Go, Can Castiel.
2: You, wait, wait, real quick, real quick, because he wrote this <laughs> in a long time ago, and I vaguely remember this having, like, a Bowsette- rela- I don't remember what the Super Crown is this at all. This is you
1: completely some- Bowsette-related, okay, so uh, there was a, a meme on the internet that went around that happened slightly after a new Mario Bros. game was going to be re-released, and there was a, a power-up in it that's a Super Crown that changes Toadette into a Peach-like character, except- like it still has her aesthetic so the internet went crazy and started putting the super crown on different characters the first one being bowser and created bowsette so it ah. basically gender swapped bowser over to being uh, what most people say hot goth princess like i had no idea horns.
3: i had no idea there was so much bowsette lore out there so who am i turning it who am i turning into who am i making a hot like into a yes, hot basically who, lady? who are
1: you gender swapping to be uh, a hot princess of themselves dean yeah dean rugged like cool tough guy dean yeah i want to see i want to see
3: hot lady Dean, for sure because you all think i'm gonna say sam but like i relate to sam i don't wanna i don't
2: want to be hot hot on sam you know what i'm saying and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the exact opposite. I think f- people would expect me to say Dean. I'm gonna say Sam. <laughs> I'm gonna I hey, wanna you know? I wanna I wanna see this. And I'm going with Castiel. S- and you're going with Castiel. Okay, we well got the trifecta there. That's great. <clears throat> what a good Fair question. I, I'm glad you gave me the background on that one. I couldn't remember yeah, quite what that was. That's
3: good. That's good. Um. All right. The next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The name. I'm sorry, <laughs> but please. All right. This one's from. Uh... <laughs> Nut blood truther 420. Um fuck Mary Hunt. All right. Uh Big Kick Sam, Sola Sam or Smanford Sam? What? All right.
2: Still legal, man. Still legal.
3: Still legal. Okay, well, I mean, what do you guys think?
2: I'm going to go uh I I've said this earlier. I got to marry Big Kick Sam. Uh I have I'm on the record as having done fuck mary hunts with soulless sam in the past and i've always fucked soulless sam every single time down the line (laughs) it's always gonna be me which only leaves for sam to hunt and i feel like he'd be pretty easy because he doesn't know shit if he'd be he's he's, weak as fuck he's weak as fuck he probably doesn't even practice any kicks he just had that growth spurt oh no to be fair yeah to be fair that's the only time we've
3: ever seen him do a kick
2: (laughs) that's true (laughs) it's the only Sam. (laughs) that's a good point yeah that's a good point so
3: um man i gotta oh fuck I, I Okay, here's the thing. Mary Big Kicks, because again, the tre- whole tree trunk thing working for me. Mm-hmm. I'm killing Sola, Sam, because he feels like the only one who deserves deserves it, you know? And then Smanford Sam, you know, it ain't going to be the ride of your life, but maybe it will be for him. He's young. He's naive. He's potentially it's coming off college. Of the, yeah, it's just college. He's potentially coming off of the death of his girlfriend, <laughs> you know? Um, he needs it. That's, you know, he's showing me thicker too.
2: Hey, you gotta fuck through your grief. I think we've that was a podcast title at one point, right? <laughs> Something like that? I'm, I'm, it must have been. <laughs> must have been. Um. So next... Uh,
1: gonna... Oh, I'm sorry, well, Rock. I, I, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm skipping you. Go ahead. <laughs> I gotta stay on brand, because I already said, gonna fuck Big Kick Sam. Uh, hmm. I'm also gonna hunt Soul of Sam, because... I'm sorry, Soul the Sam, like, you fucked your way through, and fucked your way and killed your way through an entire town, and even though that that's hashtag goals, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's a bit scary, like, that's wake right. up in the yeah. morning and thank God that you are not pursuing anything towards me, because I, you would take my entirety of my life. <laughs> and Smanford Sam, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna marry Smanford Sam, like, it, it's gonna be some, some really sad crying cuddling because of Jess, but uh, I, I think we'll get through it. <laughs>
2: i mean it's you can you can teach him the ways right you can teach him everything he needs to know oh man that's i like that one so uh thank you to everybody that wrote in fuck mary hunts this continues to be a great tradition that i i'm very glad that autumn invented one day while we were drunk at a bar so (laughs) very very happy (laughs) this uh this next one's going to take some setup y'all uh this next one is written by ian it is a it's a little bit of fan fiction. Um, I have color coded this this document. Chris, when I when I come to it, I'm going to be narrating everything. But when we come to it, mm-hmm. you're going to be reading the red, okay? Uh, which is going to be the voice of <clears throat> Sam, and uh, Roxy, you're going to be reading the blue, which is going to be the okay. Voice. Uh, okay I just want to
3: I'm really quick try and have to. Jeremy, when I do, I just read Sam's dialogue, or do I read his narration
1: as well? Just,
2: just read his dialogue. Don't read his narration. I'm into. Th- okay, I, I think okay. I did that pretty well as for that very first bit. Yeah, okay, I think perfect. everything else. Yeah, got,
1: gotta get deep down in my throat for this one.
2: Just, just read the yeah, and then uh, there's a there's a part here where Kevin speaks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll play Kevin, but I'll also be the narrator. Is everybody is everybody ready for this? i'm ready okay this is from ian our good friend uh at bad duder on twitter former guest of the show thank you Mm, mm. uh it's me a first time supernatural watcher i'm not going to be able to finish the season in time to give actual feedback so instead i'm going to write that i have what i think the final of scene of the season will be based on where i'm at which is episode 19 at the time of this writing here goes and this is what his impression of the last scene of season eight supernatural the gate to hell convulses, oozing its foul ichor and screaming a very human scream as it shrivels, collapsing in on itself in great folds of skin and teeth. Finally, it is forced force-closed by the power of the tablet, and no demon will ever escape it again. The now purposeless, de- purposeless demon tablet, its power exhausted, breaks apart in Kevin's hands, leaving behind a black dust and a faint smell of sulfur. The baked good tablets, similarly tapped, crumples into a sugary residues and deems. Wait! Sam says, the moment of relief from their victory over Crowley slipping away. Why did the baked good tablets break? That wasn't
3: supposed to happen.
2: Dean won't meet Sam's eyes, and Sam realizes that his brother has kept a, yet another secret from him. What he has yet to realize is that this is the last secret Dean will ever keep.
1: Well, Sam, once we knew the cost of the trials, there had to be a backup plan. I wanted to find another way. I wanted to be sure we did this right. Now I'm paying the price.
2: Sam looks at Kevin accusingly. Did you know about this? Kevin meets his gaze unapologetically. Some things are more important than one person, Sam. After what I've lost, I needed to make sure the gate would be closed for good. Dean made the right call. I would have thought that after all you've been through, you would understand that too.
1: It's okay, Sammy.
2: Dean says, and the transformation is already happening. His skin begins to adopt a distinctly more golden hue. His eyes glaze over as his sclera congeal, I don't know what sclera are, his sclera congeal into literal donut glaze. The cuts on his face and arms, moments ago bleeding <laughs> bright flesh blood, now ooze thick cherry syrup. Sam is standing downwind from Dean and begins to notice a warm, nostalgic smell of buttery pie waiting on a windowsill as Dean begins to lose his locomotive capabilities, his joints hardening into a rigid crust. Dean, I'll find a way to bring you back I promise, I'll find a way Dean smiles stiffly His transformation nearly complete
3: Tell Castiel Well, Cass knows
2: He says, and when he does Pie pie filling falls graciously out of his mouth (laughs) Sam can see his teeth have become candy corn
1: (laughs) I love you, Sammy We
2: did good dean says and it is the last thing he says before he fully becomes the pie although he cannot speak in these last moments as painful as they are dean feels something like joy he feels at home and finally at the end of it at the end of it all he is pie for the first time in four years sam prays to god he doesn't know if god is listening anymore if he can see that what they've accomplished and what they lost in the effort so first he prays that god can hear him then he prays that god allows dean's soul to rest and although the brothers have their doubts that god is listening and he has always been. He would have gladly put Dean's soul to rest. The, bro- the brothers have done enough, more than enough, and God does not answer prayer. God does answer prayers, but he could not answer this one, because Dean is no longer a man. He is pie, and pie does not have a soul. It does not rest. It is eaten, and there is nothing left. And that is the what? end of season Sam's eight. Sam's
3: just eating it, crying, like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but ian finishes so this out with <laughs> and then seasons nine through 14 are about sam and dean from an alternate universe where who isn't a pile like pie golem <laughs> <laughs> my goodness
3: my goodness
2: uh, um oh i forgot we, we have we i thought this was gonna be the last one but patches wrote in some fan fiction too so if you guys are, are ready to s- keep stepping into your All roles right. we can All we right. can do
1: this oh okay
3: am i playing myself in this one is that what i'm seeing here <laughs> Uh yeah, I think so. This um, is
1: y'all. I I feel like you should uh, may- <laughs> maybe I yeah. should read the like narration.
2: There you go. Yeah, let's let's do it that way. <clears throat> okay. Okay.
3: Um all right, here we go. Let's do it. Jeremy, Chris asked as he moved his gigantic darts from the washer to the dryer. How do you get the dust out of your pockets when you wash your
1: jeans? Does it does it just come out? Do you use special detergent? You don't pre your pockets gamer? <laughs> Jeremy responded, folding his own wash in the small basement of this week's laundromat. I mean, obviously I do, but even so, sometimes I get
3: stings in my pockets and I have to run the wash twice.
1: Maybe you're not just being thorough enough. Replied Jeremy as he crossed the room to where Chris was, still transferring laundry from one machine to the other. Sure, make fun of a gamer for not being detail-oriented. Chris's response seemed like a bit of a whine, but he he was being a bit dramatic to get a rise out of his friend. As he turned around, however, Jeremy was there, close. No, hunk. Let me help you. Jeremy fixed Chris with his intense but kind gaze as he reached into his co-host's pockets and turned them inside out. First the right, then the left, grabbing a handful of dust and cloth as he slowly inverted each pouch and emptied the fistful of dust onto the floor. As Jeremy emptied each pocket, Chris couldn't help but think of how long it had been since Jeremy had touched him. This was provocation, but he had to play it cool. Okay, playing it cool wasn't going to work, but the words were coming out of his mouth anyway. What is that cologne? Chris was mortified. Of all the things to say, why did he say that? Oh, this? Jeremy grinned. This is mom's perfume.
2: It smells nice.
1: Chris breathed as he leaned in.
2: Yep. Cooed Jeremy. It's an item from the Binding of Isaac, and if you want to know more about it, you should check out Everything to Guppy, a podcast on the DuckFeed Network that covers every item trick, and emboss from the Binding of Isaac series of games. I think you'd like it.
1: You know, said Chris, reaching out to embrace Jeremy,
3: maybe I will, gamer. Maybe I will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so hard. That was so difficult to get through.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, Patches. That was extremely good. Um yeah chris i don't i don't think you listen to everything to guppy but their whole gimmick is to find weird ways to leave reviews of that show so that's, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's going to wrap us up for the game section uh we're going to let roxy go chris and i are going to come back and answer all and discuss all of your feedback uh roxy thank you so much for guesting this was such a delight
3: yeah thanks for being here
1: oh it was so much fun you guys thanks for having me on tell everybody where you can be found on the internet um, you can find me over on Twitter at MyPetRoxy, and you can find me at other places as MyPetRoxy. I have that pretty much locked down. Um, be forewarned, I am a little bit NSFW on my main account, so if that's not your thing, don't worry about it.
3: It's okay. We're a little NSFW here on this podcast. That's so. true. Yeah.
1: I
2: don't think that we are SF for anything. SFW? I don't think we're SFA, basically. Um well, thank you again for for coming on the show and, and sharing your supernatural experiences and helping us read what is borderline fan f- slash fic But me and Chris, uh, mm-hmm. we really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think well, now so
3: Jeremy fun. and I have to be alone together and sit with
2: that. Yeah, we have to we have to just kind of <laughs> just sit here and the and <laughs> really in that in the cloud you of mom's you perfume. <laughs> yep. uh, so yeah, uh, th- uh, listeners, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna listen through, we appreciate it, but we highly recommend that you do though. The the, the feedback episodes are always really. Fun and get really crazy. But if you don't, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with season eight. Uh, Thank you again, Roxy, and then uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
3: I'm the new Bobby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mama told me when I was young, she'd sit beside me, my only son, and listen closely to what I say. If you do this, it'll help you Some sunny day, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, take your time Don't live too fast Troubles will come and they will pass You'll find a woman mm, And you'll find love Don't forget some There is someone up above and be a simple kind of man be something you love and understand Maybe be a simple kind of man won't you do this for me son if you can
2: all right everybody we're back uh like i mentioned earlier we're going to be reading all of your feedback thank you for everybody that wrote in we really appreciate it uh and um yeah we're just gonna get started chris you wanna go first
3: yeah let's do it this one is from tempest hey guys i'm just sitting here listening to your season seven feedback episode and lo and behold what do y'all start talking about calvinism versus free will and what and that and what was my dad preaching about at church on sunday calvinism versus free will and the struggles of reconciling the paradoxes between predestination and free will FYI, his conclusion was that we should just say both are true and accept the paradox and move on. And while he was doing that, what was I thinking about? That's right. Our sweet, sweet boy, Castiel. Do I have a greater point to make? No, I just wanted to say that I love the podcast, especially when it echoes my own train of thought. Um, I also love that. I really, I, my favorite thing is when I'm able to connect the things that I'm into with like weird specific things happen to be happening in my life, like that day that always feels real good. Um, So that's, that's really cool.
2: It feels like the universe has a purpose for you, and then you realize you're yeah. all alone in the world. And uh, it's
3: Castiel, <laughs> and, it's,
2: and, it, and it's definitely Castiel. Uh, <laughs> Tempest wrote in a, a P.S. Whatever happened to all those spreadsheets of secrets and hugs and such? And why are they not on the <laughs> websites? <laughs> Uh,
3: Great question. I took
2: I took this one because uh, that was all my idea and I just never I've never executed on it. The the problem with it was surprisingly, the first five or six seasons, they don't keep a lot of secrets from each other. <laughs> like there's just yeah. like I had I had the spreadsheet and I just like I I just would never update it. Uh and we I th- I don't think we've ever got around to doing Brother Hugs. I will give a shout out, um, if you're hungry for more Supernatural podcasts. There's a a podcast that we're friendly with called Highway to Hell. They keep track of a lot of stats and stuff like that every episode. So they they have some of that stuff on their uh, on their website. So go check out Highway to Hell, and then they, they'll yeah. do all that hard work for us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll take it seriously. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um. All right. The next one is from friend of the show Autumn. Um. If you had to sort your favorite supernatural characters into Hogwarts houses, where would everyone end up? Okay. Um, who so, do you, we, who do you want to do you want tag for this? Which characters I, I, do you want I want to do?
2: Way? I don't want to go through all of them. I want to do. No. I, I want to do Sam Dean and Castiel. I, th- I want to say we may have actually talked about this on the show before, because mm-hmm. um, we we got some feedback at some point c- calling us bad for saying that Dean was a Hufflepuff. But I'm kind of strongly leaning into Dean being a Hufflepuff, <laughs> uh, and I feel like uh, Sam just is not. I mean, he's just not clean enough to be a Gryffindor. So he's just going to be demoted no. all the way down to Slytherin. So Sam Sam wants to be in
3: Gryffindor. That's oh, his yeah. number one. Mm-hmm. That is his number one. Um, but there's a huge chance that that he's ending up in Slytherin, uh, unless somebody steers him on the right course. And like, you know, McGonagall comes along, and gives him a firm hand, and then I think he's ended up in Ravenclaw. I think that early season Sam is all about like valuing knowledge and knowing about things. And that's what Ravenclaw is all about. But I, I think at his heart, Sam is is either Desperately wanting to be a Gryffindor, secretly a Slytherin, um, but he he could also fit in Ravenclaw. That's a I pretty cop out answer.
2: I think, uh, yes, well, it could be any of them. Chris says, "Yeah." Uh, I think Castiel would be definitely be a Ravenclaw. Like I feel like that's just that's just who he is.
3: It's just the wing imagery. It just works. Yeah, it just
2: works too well. Um, thank you for writing in, Autumn Greer. Funny we have the same last name. Next up is uh, from Madge. Madge says, uh, and this is a little bit of a long one, um, but I thought it was kind of an interesting insight. And uh, Madge, a heads up. I tried to edit this for brevity a little bit. So, I'm not reading your exact words. Um, Hi, Jeremy and Chris. Just discovered your bitchin' Monster of the Week podcast. Since you sweet baby <laughs> angels are too young to know the scoop as it happened in real time, I'm writing to tell the story behind Becky's character and the love hate relationship that Kripke and possibly the writers had or have with the uh, more out there fringes of the supernatural fandom. So, uh, just to remind everybody, Becky was a character that was very much an audience stand in. She gets kind of mistreated in the show at one point, and then she uh, eventually kind of like does some weird Dr- stuff to say drugs and marries <laughs> drugs and marries sam's against without his consent uh so that's kind of weird <clears throat> so Madge continues it may all be summed up by three words television without pity in its first couple of seasons supernatural gained a cult-like following and this defunct recap and forum site centered around a brilliantly snarky gay mod name Demian. Demian's recaps were hilarious, his moderation of the show's forum board equally so, until he started to lose interest in the show. The tipping point seems to be when things totally went off the rails, when a thread was started discussing and asking for crotch shots for Dean, and a thread was deleted, people (laughs) moved on with their interest as the show changed, and Demian was fired and replaced. Way before this, however, Kripke and his writers lurked on and read the forum boards religiously. Kripke took umbrage at, and the other writers laughed at, the Winces slash fic fans, on which she's called TWAP, but it's the television without pity, and mm-hmm. leaned in hard by calling it on the show, first using general conversations between the hunks, which I think we all remember that episode, and then when people kept on being creepy with writing wank fic around incest by rather nastily creating Becky. I don't remember what episodes feature Sam and Dean doing internet research in their hotel room and Sam telling Dean about Wincest, but the online username he quotes were actual television without pity usernames the quote themselves were written by the show's writers however the supernatural recaps <clears throat> uh the supernatural television without pity recaps are archived on brilliant demian does suffer burnout and his snark turns ugly near the end as he gives no fucks but his season one two recaps still made me giggle with nostalgia as i found them to dm you this the longest dm you've probably ever received hope you enjoy <laughs> keep on keeping on madge Got some interesting background those early yeah, internet days really interesting yeah yeah uh, I went to that site, brilliantbutcancel.com, because I wanted to pull up some of these, these funny recaps, but uh, it would not work for me. The site loaded, huh. but I couldn't actually see anything on it about Supernatural. So uh, thank you, Madge, for writing that in. And if you, Yeah, yeah just, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: that reminds me of, I used to listen to The X-Files Files by Camille Nanjiani, which was an X-Files podcast that he did briefly. Um, he had a lot of really cool people on that show, but he would talk about, he found um, an archive of an old X-Files forum, where I I, I guess sometimes... Like David Duchovny would, would go on and like talk to people and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm David Duchovny, and um, this is what's going to happen on the show. And just nope, everyone just thought this guy was full of
2: shit, and they hated <laughs> him, and he was always
3: causing trouble, and then he'd be like, all right, all right,
2: <laughs> whatever. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and,
3: all right, hold on one. Oh, all right, here we go. Got my, got my scroll messed up. I'm back. All right, next one. This was from Ashley O. Or it's I H. O-H. I don't know if you wrote it like that or if she wrote it that. I think but it's Ashley from
2: Ohio, but yeah, I just we'll just. That's say what, what I
3: see. You know what? I was thinking that, but. Okay, this one's from Ashley. Uh, I've been catching up and recently my husband walked in on me listening to the podcast without headphones. That's not to say I'm ashamed of listening to this podcast, but it was a feedback episode and it had just reached the fuck Mary Hunt segment. So there I was, sitting on the floor playing with our sweet nine-month-old boy with someone talking about fucking Sola Sam in the background. That was probably Jeremy. Probably. Uh, Thank you for bringing moments
2: like this into my life. Love the show. Thank you, Ashley. That's very nice. I can't. (laughs) Thank you uh, and I'm sorry. As soon as, you know, I I think nine months, maybe a little too young for monster of the week but as soon as he hits yep. 12 months like you just you just put the you put the airpods right yeah. into, his, into well, his ears
3: i mean nine months might be enough i think sam was what around six seven months old when he got that demon blood in him dean mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> i think that's probably that's fine. Pro- what's your past that fine. age yeah, yeah yeah uh
2: next up our friend patches at at the underscore patches on twitter you wanted a unified theory of Benny? Well, here you go. Let me start saying about that I like Benny as portrayed. The character is mm-hmm. lacking sometimes, but Ty Olson kind of nails his smarminess, and I like that for reasons I'll get into below. So yeah, I mostly just like Benny because I enjoy how much his actor seems to have fun playing him. What I think works about Benny's character is that he represents the kind of seduction that Sam normally falls victim to. Dean's failing is that he's too principled. He'll choose family over himself. He's the one who picked fighting the Lucifer and Michael over letting the apocalypse happen. Dean wrangled death to stop Kaz when he went bad. He makes the choice that's right, not the choice that he wants. In this case, he wants Benny to be good so that his decision in following his principles, don't betray your friends, remains the right one. Which is why it's cool that Benny seems overly friendly and dishonest. It makes it easier for the audience to doubt Benny and wonder why Sam can't see it. This is basically the same as Sam and Ruby from Season 4. The problem is the show loves Dean too much. It spends its time trying to make Benny sympathetic so that Dean seems like he made a good choice because God forbid our boy be a bad judge of character because that's (laughs) sham stick. So we waste a bunch of episodes uh, that try to make Benny seem like a good person so that we're not mad at Dean for being his friend. I think there's a good idea here. but The show is just too afraid of staining the good boy to pull it off. I like this. I like this idea a lot. Like I feel like like, this, this sums up some of my issues with Benny a little bit. Like if, if, if it had been a little bit dirtier of a relationship on Dean's behalf, I think I might've actually enjoyed it more. And not like, not like sexy dirty. I'm not saying that, but like a right, little right. bit more, if, if Benny had not been quite so good, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit more yeah. of a gray area. Cause even up to the end, he's still sucking out of those, uh, those little blood bags. So. Yeah. He never breaks. He's a yeah. good boy. <laughs>
3: um, yeah. I really like that read. Um, the comparison between how we perceive Sam and Ruby versus how we perceive um, Dean and Benny uh and how both times we pretty much side with dean and obviously it's because ruby is literally a villain um but it's 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 interesting that they didn't ever want to pitch dean too hard in that direction um yeah that's a that's a good read on that all right uh next one this one is from (laughs) Charming. this one is from quantum it says hello I'm just you from the future. Buy Bitcoin in two thousand nine and sell it in twenty eighteen. I'll get right on that quantum. <laughs> I'll get right on that
2: future, Chris. I love I love the link too because it's Google.com slash search and the search query is just Bitcoin. So if you click that just link, look. it would just go to Google search of Bitcoin like you were fucking. It ain't Gary a scam, it's just letting rear. you know. It's yeah, you from the future. <laughs> it's me from the future. You need to buy some Bitcoin. Here's what it is if you don't already know about it. I hope I'm not too late. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> next up is destiel is canon 69 how do you think the sucra corp situation at the end i know right um how do you think that the Sucro corp situation at the end of season seven was cleaned up clearly the boys beat dick however causing dick to explode into a black sticky mess <laughs> did not just magically make all of the contaminated corn syrup go away what caused Sucorp corp to change their formulation how long do you think that they Sold food that turned people into stone zombies after the untimely death of Cock Roman. So I think that they kind of handled this, like they were starting to disperse the the weird syrup thing. But Sam and Bobby like took that detour to go blow up the factory. So I oh, don't think right. any of that got into the. It into was the only in like population.
3: select locations. Yeah, yeah, it was only
2: in select. Yeah, it was like the McRib. It was like the right. McRib. It was Biggerson's right. McRib. Uh, <clears throat> But I think the rest of it can just be chalked up to other hunters. Like you know, as leviathans were out in the world, uh, I feel like Bobby would have just told everybody how to kill them pretty easily. Like you just get some borax or whatever and spray it on them and chop their head off and they're good. Uh,
3: I or, or the other read on this is that you know it actually took it took about it took about six seven months up to a year maybe. To uh, to really work through this because Dean was in purgatory all that time. That's true. And Sam was too fucking stoned on Supercore food just, to, just uh, to go save Kevin. About it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You- he was too goddamn stoned. <laughs> Nobody wants to bring it up.
2: I, that's new canon, man. I, I love new that. Canon. That's new canon right there. Sam, because
3: mm. he, he was he took for granted the fact that that was shit was still out there, just like the writers did. <laughs> so stoner, stoner Sam, and he doesn't realize it. He's like, man, I was just trying to find myself, like. <laughs> god just, god man like i got
2: a dog and this hair's all long and shit man he oh it's just baked sam started listening to like reggae man like have you even heard this lacquers man even,
3: like, do you guys even know that okay yeah i that's that's where i'm landing um all right the next one is from my um okay this is for the larp feedback in the late 90s i went to an organized larp every month live action role playing for anyone who doesn't mm. remember what the term means uh larping was pretty much 40% role playing and battles in the woods and 60% having sex in the woods. So, the everyone horny in the woods is accurate to my experience at least. That makes sense. That yeah, everyone yeah. in that episode is horny as fuck.
2: We uh we asked for that after the after the larp episode this season and she she wrote that in. So, thank you. Thank you, Mai, for doing thank, that. Thank you, Mai. Uh up next, another friend. We have we have a lot of repeat uh callers this this bit on this episode, Chris. Um up next is uh, a good friend of the show, Autumn Career. Oh yes, I'm in the process of re-listening to every episode of the podcast from the beginning, and there's a line in the Faith Healer episode from Season 1, Episode 12 that got me thinking. After Dean has a heart attack and is given a month to live, Sam calls and leaves a message for Papa Winchester that basically says, the doctors say there is nothing they can do, but they don't know the things we know, right? (laughs) My question, how many times do you think that one or both of the boys died in childhood and were resurrected by John Winchester? (laughs) I'm thinking... Like several at least, right? Like I don't think it's a it's a Venture Brothers situation, but I think it's it's at least a few times.
3: I feel like it's it's maybe it's happened to Sam but like a lot, but never to Dean. Okay. And that's kinda that's kind of why Sam is so fucking weird. (laughs) Because Dying, and that's why Dean is so overprotective because he's had to go through this this rodeo a few times. Um, and that's you know Sam is because of course they they both had this this kind of cursed childhood. But Sam's the one who wanted to go get away and go to college just because he was
2: sick of fucking dying all the time. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 100% into that. I've, um, lost, I've lost my place <laughs> into this. Okay, all right. Yeah. This this
3: is another one from our friend Patches. Um, he writes. Uh, Chris told me to write this in so it gets talked about. But the episode as time goes by reveals that sam and dean are extra special special which is pretty common and shown in, in animes like bleach and naruto <laughs> we spelled it out for you i assume the protagonist of bleach ichigo is the child of a soul reaper and a quincy and is therefore that's two different types of like supernatural samurai basically uh and is therefore super special like sam and dean who are probably in a lot of this mess because of the fact that they're the progeny of two great lineages now obviously that m- might not mean a lot to you if you're not into anime or these kind of anime whatever but i think that the um It is interesting when you when you look at like that type of like um, trope or that those kind of characters where like, you know, we find out finally in season eight that that Sam and Dean are special because not just because their parents got together and it was a Cupid's trick or whatever, but because they were from like two distinct lines of, um, you know, supernatural warriors, I guess. And I, I think that's super interesting. All right. This next one is from Amy M. Hey, in this week's podcast, you mentioned how at first you thought there was another character named Kevin in this episode. While that wasn't the case, it triggered something that I've noticed for a while now, recycled names in Supernatural. There are many instances of reused names, some minor characters versus recurring characters, some uh, even pretty significant ones who share either the same name exactly or versions of the same name. I offer these examples for your consideration. Uh, Cassie is the name of Dean's first girlfriend. From season one. And it's also um
2: Cassie the, the nipple plate girl, I think is the probably. Yeah, the I should just read
3: to- as it's written here. Cassie yeah. Dean's first love in the racist truck episode versus Cass, Dean's One True Love. Coincidence. Also Cassie, isn't that the name of the little hunter teenager girl? Is Chrissy. that her name? Yeah. Chrissy, Chrissy, Chrissy. Okay. Ben Lisa's son versus Benny the Vampire. Um uh Chuck and Charlie. Uh Jessica versus Jesse, the Antichrist kid. Uh Amelia, it was Jimmy's wife, um, Jimmy Novak, or Jimmy Neutron, excuse me, castiel's vessel. So Amelia Novak is her name versus Amelia who is sam's girlfriend um (laughs) there are a lot of really good examples in here Uh, i won't go through every single one of them but yeah that's like uh that's that's super interesting that not even not only is it just like random side characters but like you said like main characters ben and benny like that's right there um
2: seems a little much yeah
3: okay so so she listed all these these examples to us um now follow up apparently what says uh, okay so apparently names are the thing i pay attention to. Okay. Uh, on this rewatch of Season 8, I noticed the name of the boat that Kevin is hold up on, <laughs> Fizzle's Folly. You may recall that the boat is owned, provided, by Garth. Uh, you may also remember that the sock puppet Garth uses to interview the traumatized kids in the previous season was named Mr. Fizzle's. That's interesting. Nice. I, uh,
2: I caught that, but I, I don't think I'd ever caught it. Brought it. I was too busy making my uh, no-one-is-safe, no-one-is-house, no-one-is-boat jokes to so pay attention to the name. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: um. Okay. Uh, And then there are the names of fake places, things in the universe. Begerson's Restaurant made uh, made its debut in Bad Day at Black Rock when Sam and Dean were the one millionth customer. It continues to pop up uh, whereas they go to the chain restaurant. It's where Dean um, ate the Leviathan Grey Glue Burger and where Cass played hide and seek from the Angels this season. Uh, The other chain that starts to figure more prominently in season eight and spoiler season nine is Gas and Sip, convenience store gas station. Um, It's interesting how many of these things that they keep reusing.
2: Man, it's crazy
3: um she says i really like the low-key fake product placement that runs throughout supernatural it's so consistent but so subtle um yeah little things like that can really make a a world feel consistent and like i feel like that's all like the props department
2: yeah Um, absolutely
3: yeah it's just one way to suggest that it's its own universe and its own rules and its own things that seem familiar but are actually different from real life it's not just the presence of monsters and angels and demons that sets supernatural world apart from ours it's the bigger sense Uh, That's about names I need to steal myself for season 9, 10, and 11. While there are truly some outstanding individual episodes in these three seasons and some interesting situations, on the whole, they aren't my favorite storylines. I look forward to hearing y'all's discussions, and I'm hopeful I will like them more as a result. I have really enjoyed season 12, 13, and 14 so far, so don't despair if you share my feelings
2: about 9, 10, and 11. Thanks again, Amy and NC. Thank you, Amy. That was an extremely long one, but we, we dig it. Yeah. uh I, I, you know the the name thing is always like the the name recycling thing is always weird the actor recycling thing is always really weird mm-hmm. and i just think it has to be a part of like what a production process is that to make 20 something of these episodes every year like it just has to be like a lot of work and nobody's really oh, checking yeah. like yeah yeah just name the kid benny who cares <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> right, just go. Right, Let's, we gotta right. go we gotta go we gotta push this out like it's gotta get to editing like in two days we gotta we gotta redo this um so yeah i, I like that stuff a lot though uh next up is catherine catherine says i'm on episode 88 and can't believe i'm finally on the current season with you guys i'll probably be able to listen to episode 100 when it is released i'm headed over to patreon to sign up and because you all have provided me with hours and hours of entertainment laughs and insight and i appreciate it so much and i really need to get on that discord because i need that in my life i'm pretty sure catherine (laughs) is on the discord since then because this was written several weeks ago so thank Uh you catherine I sure I'm sure I'm late on this, but you haven't done your season eight feedback yet, so I thought I'd weigh in. I think benny is a complete hunk, but this is the season I stopped watching on Netflix because I found it so boring and annoying. My husband and I watched it all together until that season. And I told him he could keep on going without me. I went back and powered through it and ended up liking it. The Amelia storyline, on the other hand, can stay in the garbage from whence it came. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you all think about the stupid twist with her husband and all of that. Take care. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, that was a real dumb Thank twist you. that's never yeah. ever followed up on. I mean, like yeah. we don't, we just don't. Care here, so. <laughs> That's just
3: some extra drama for Sam. Sure. Alright, this this next one is from uh from Fletch. Uh so your digression about not letting Garth know about the cure for vampirism makes me wonder. If Garth learns that he is going to complete his transformation into Ryan Reynolds Circa Blade Trinity, is Garth in Blade Trinity?
2: Uh Ryan Reynolds is. I'm not sure. And Fletch makes jokes that I sometimes don't get the reference to. If Garth learns that, if Garth learns the cure for vampires, then will he become Ryan Reynolds circuit Blade Trinity? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know that Garth could ever really get as handsome as Ryan Reynolds, though, man. Like, Garth is, is a down-home kind of dude, you know?
3: Yeah, Garth wasn't, I mean, or Ryan Reynolds wasn't as, as peak hot back in Blade Trinity, though.
2: Let me go, let me just Google up a Blade Trinity Ryan Reynolds. See what he was looking back there. I feel Ryan. like he's, he's
3: like rocking like a goat, like a tight goat, maybe. You think he's got a goatee in Blade it's, it's a possibility.
2: Oh, dude, he is fucking shredded in Blade Trinity. I don't know all what right. you are talking all about. Right. All right. <laughs> this dude <laughs> all is looking right. fucking. Oh yeah, he's got the he's got a kind of a bad beard though, but he's got a he's got abs, dude. He's got abs for days. All
3: right, abs for days. All right, not not gonna worry about it then.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe in your dreams, Garth. Garth wishes that he could have abs like that. That's all I'll say. Um, up next is Kimberly who. Uh, whose twitter is at salixia s-a-l-i-x-i-a hey hunks i love the show the outtakes are my hey. favorite part <laughs> thanks <Okay>. uh, <laughs> i love dean's new vampire boyfriend benny that's his new boy that's his full name But I don't know if it's just because True Blood left me with the need for hunky southern vampires or if he was actually good. I do remember being sad when he died, though. The end of season 8 actually made me stop watching for a long time because it made me so angry. The show had demonstrated countless times that the boys are willing to sacrifice themselves to save, like, five people. But now that they could literally save the entire world forever and they're all like, jokes, nah. It's not even that the show would have to end. Not all supernatural creatures are demons. And even if they were, they were, they could... Even if they were, they could have someone like a witch maybe unseal the gates to get things going again. Just saying. Also, I yeah. have read a couple of the vampires books, and they're actually kind of okay for that middle ground between junior and young adult fiction. Not as awesome as they sound, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could see people getting mad that they didn't commit to the closing the demons off thing because uh, it kind of feels. I, I feel like you could view this as almost a cop out because you didn't actually do anything. But I think the, the, the world this sets up, I think, is more interesting than a world of just demons were gone. So. Yeah,
3: for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, this next one is from Kaylee Ann. I love the podcast so much. You must have brought together so many awesome people with the Discord channel, and it's great to have a sense of community and belonging again. Oh, well, that's very nice. Nice. Thanks. Season 8 was a wild one for me, and I think the whole time I was just annoyed with Dean and Cass. Uh, like anything that came out of Dean's face made me want to punch it. The self-righteous hypocrisy of Dean was strong this season. It just really wasn't necessary, in my opinion. We're so far past the Winchester clan's lack of communication days, and it's an old theme, so it comes off as boring and lacks the character development I want to see from Dean. Stoked for season nine podcast episodes. Keep up the amazing work. You guys are loved, and it's been really cool getting to build our little Monster of the Week community, so thank you again.
2: Aww. No, thank you. Thank you, you. Kaylee-Ann um the next one is, is from noah noah's going to continue we got a lot of like kind of pro benny <laughs> uh, apparently we were a little too harsh on benny a uh, Too harsh.
3: i think yeah, yeah maybe we were. i
2: read this when we when, when i got this one and i was looking at it on my phone and uh it's basically like oh, we're going to get to it a bit but uh, like it's it's a it's a five-point plan about why why we were wrong about benny and i showed okay, this to okay. autumn and autumn said if you read that on the feedback episode tell him that i appreciate this this so <laughs> Noah, you, you, autumn's got your back on this one um Noah says, I've been binging your podcast over the last few months as I am going through Supernatural again. I haven't seen several of the most recent seasons, but I've watched through at least 10 in the past. I am finishing episode 88 of the pod. You asked for thoughts for people who like Benny as a character in the show, and I always liked Benny a lot and was pretty surprised when you fellas did not. It burns me. It bums me out how dismissive you guys are of him. Um, I did write back to this dude with was like, we're a little bit more positive later down the line. Don't worry about it. I haven't listened to any <laughs> pods after 88, so this might be uh, me behind the times, but I wanted to write this before the feedback episode. Here are the reasons I think he works. Number one, I like the actor quite a bit and think he does a good job on the show. The writing maybe isn't always the best, but that could be said about just about anyone on the show. Mm-hmm. Number two, Dean spent the better part of the year with him in purgatory, and Benny is the main reason he got out. Without Benny, Dean may never have escaped. Benny had his back, and Dean always gravitated Towards others, he could fight with for better or worse. Number three, I like that Danny was afraid to tell Sam. I like that Dean was afraid to tell Sam about Benny at first because he doesn't want Sam to kill Benny so long, kill Benny so long, and so long as Benny doesn't hurt people. Uh, Dean. Number four, Dean doesn't have a lot of friends, and I like that he is protective of Benny, especially after he found out Sam didn't even try to get him out of purgatory. At the time of this writing, Cass still isn't back and Garth hasn't shown up again. Benny is the only person Dean can trust, and I'm sure Dean is torn about how to feel about that. That's why I thought it was obvious he let the college werewolf go after the found footage episode. I agree this portion of the season is a little rocky writing and story-wise, but I always enjoyed Benny throughout it. Number five, I remember liking how Benny ends. That's, I mean, if for a guy that you like, you really want to see his head cut <laughs> off. Huh? Uh, Noah continues, if this is out of date by the time you get the feedback episode, then my bad. The show never quite gets the idea that not all monsters are evil and some people are monsters right but I like that the Benny and Amy Pond storylines exist. I just wish the writing would have been more consistent. The way the boys handled those two characters, I like the pod. And the few times I disagreed with you on your takes. I appreciated the thought process behind it. Somehow, something about how y'all talk about Benny in eighty eight and and before really surprised me. And I guess I just really like the character. Yeah, we uh, I guess we went a little too hard in on Benny when we started talking about him because uh, yeah, we, a lot of people wrote in about uh, our opinions. We just about we're it.
3: just using him for too many jokes. You know, I and I think we've said it. I know. I really, really do think that the actor is great. I think he kills it in that role. Like I said, I just, I think it was just the whole, the whole premise. Not even really just the Benny thing, like because the Amelia thing too. Like that whole thing didn't satisfy me. Um, and so I, and I think that Benny, because we see him, like we don't like see Amelia. She's just flashbacks. So Benny had to like bear the brunt of a lot of that from us. Um, but I, I do think that he's, he's a great actor. He plays the character really well. It's just,
2: yeah. <laughs> I um I think our, our our big complaints about Benny I don't think really had anything to do with the character or the acting. It was always the this kind of story around it. We've said a couple of times like I would I want a more expanded version of what of their time in the purge. Like I don't want less Benny. I want more of Benny meaning something to Dean because as it stands, it's like. Oh hey, season eight, episode one. This is my best friend now. <laughs> like it just yeah, there's yeah. there's a little buildup between the two. Right. And it's it's and it's rough to to come to terms with that. And I don't think that the flashbacks in purg because all you really see is like Benny saving it one time, and that's that's about it. Mm-hmm,
3: so. mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the next one is from our friend John ninety nine Dexterity on Twitter. He says, "Hey there, congratulations on another great season. Thank you. Um, given how prominent Castiel is this season, I've been thinking about something and figured I'd ask you guys for your take." When the writers first introduced Cass back in season four, do you think they intended for him to become an important to the plot as he's become? Secondly, do you think they expected him to become as wildly popular with the fandom as he's become? Um, bonus headcanon, Sam's big kicks are what's causing him to nut blood his body; just can't take it, y'all. Can
0: get that checked out. You um,
2: Got to get that checked out, Sam.
3: I'm sure that somebody can give us like a legit, the legit like con interview rundown of like the process of Castiel. But <laughs> I, f- <Niz.
2: laughs> yeah, Niz. I feel like
3: I mean he had such a dramatic intro you know with the with the wings and everything and that could be because they were just because they were showing us angels for the first time um it might not have been character specific but this seems like the type of thing that really was as they wrote it he kind of maybe fell into the to the role really well and as fans watched the episodes they ended up really liking him uh i could see him as a character that maybe would have gotten the axe at the end of season 4 um because they always kill everybody so, like we would have seen maybe the 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 death of of Ruby and the death of Castiel. Um, I don't know that. I'm just saying that. I could see that as a thing that's happening. But it seems like he's somebody who like quickly took off.
2: Yeah, somebody will. Somebody will correct if, correct me if I'm wrong on this. But I want to say that his he had a much. A smaller role until the audience reacted to him and then that that kind of brought him to the forefront that's when they started making him more of a prominent character uh yeah so i think that's that's the case and i totally agree about sam's big kicks by the way i think that's absolutely yeah absolutely
3: i think that that's the yeah <laughs>
2: um next up is heather b lurkin uh s- just a sneak preview you might hear heather b lurkin's voice on season nine
0: hmm.
2: uh, yeah. uh she is at heather clorinda on twitter Uh, First of all, I wanted to thank you guys for making me enjoy a show I already enjoyed even harder. I love listening to you talk about Hunks. You can tell there's a lot of love between you guys and also among the entire little community of Hunks, trademark, that you have built. (laughs) Thank you, Heather. Uh, Anyway, now that I got the mushy stuff out of the way, there's something I noticed throughout season eight. That may or may not be foreshadowing, but is definitely something worth thinking about. There seems to be a running theme of kids throughout the season. We have Kevin and his mom, and you see how his mother tries to fiercely protect him until they couldn't afford to pay the actress anymore or something anyway. Uh, (laughs) That's really good. We meet Chrissy, who proves to Sam and Dean that even though she's a kid, she can handle herself as a hunter while also managing school and a, quote, normal life. We see Grandpa Winchester, who ends up dying for the boys, even though he only met them a few hours ago. We get Victor, who, despite how terrible he might have been, seems to have had some sort of love for the kids he was training, and definitely love for his biological kids before that. Even going so far as to tell and on-the-fence Sam, that he should have kids. My very long-winded point is that all signs are pointing to Sam and or Dean having children in the future, that the other doesn't immediately kill with no real repercussions. (laughs) Sam, do you think this is something the writers are doing intentionally as a way to prepare us for that, or do you think it's the light Sam sees at the end of the tunnel, his way out? Dean says constantly that kids shouldn't be raised to be hunters. Do you think that if he had one, he might quit the life? anyway you hunks are great and i can't wait to be caught up and see what kind of goofs season nine brings i um i don't think that this is foreshadowing i don't know though that the show is ever going to really be able to handle like saddling these boys with a child like we saw that very briefly with that shifter baby episode hmm. and uh like it was funny as it was i, I don't want to see those kind of shenanigans at very much uh yeah. th- there's a reason when like like i I think back to modern family like one of the characters on modern family had a baby and then the next season happened and the baby was three it's because it's because it's it's a pain in the ass to deal with a baby if Uh, we did something
3: like that on supernatural i think that's it would have to be like a six-year gap in between
2: 100 percent into that like the boys still look like 32 and the kid is all of a sudden 14 for some reason perfect Yeah, yeah great um but I, the question about if dean had kids would it be his way out like he's he's had that life before i don't know if he's gone snippy snippy to try to prevent this from happening huh. but uh huh. i feel like dean is going to do everything he can not to have kids
3: yeah
2: plus well dean's a virgin so i don't care what anyone says <laughs> and also he's bi like he's probably just yeah. not having sex with women so right um, thank you fine. thank you heather for writing thanks him. heather
3: okay next one is a twitter link uh, oh, Lena Chen. Okay, this is Lena Chen. But the first uh, first time running in. Uh mostly general feedback cuz cause cuz cause 8 seasons in my brain don't leave much for specifics. I only found Monster of the Week about 3 months ago and binged through it excessively. My place has never been cleaner so thank you for that. <laughs> Big fan of the whole outtakes part, especially the fan fiction and supernatural novel readings by Chris. Um says more please. Yes, I need to I need to get back on that. Um special episodes for the first few comics were hilarious. I really hope there will be more of that in the future. Jeremy has mentioned reading The Dresden Files on several occasions. Would be interesting to hear his opinion on that uh, a bit more, especially with Christmas teaser we got that is set after the not-yet-released Peace Talks, Jeremy. Looking at you, buddy. Uh, another thing that has been mentioned earlier, but not in a while, is Jeremy watching Buffy and presumably Angel for the first time. Really would love an update on that. How's it going? If he likes it, and of course, if the potential for a podcast about Buffy is still a potential possibility in the near or far future. Speaking of Buffy, wonder if Chris knows the ship named Coffee, because I sure didn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that is. Um, I'll look that up in a second. Yeah. Um, you guys also made me rewatch Cowboy Bebop, so thank you for that as well. Uh, those subs are greater than the dubs any day, my dears. Uh, so basically, I hope for as much, uh, as much more content by you guys as you could possibly make. Love this Discord chat with the way too many chat rooms. Keep up the amazing work. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I'm, I'm
3: glad to hear people are enjoying the Patreon stuff.
2: Uh, Coffee is a ship between Cordelia and Buffy. Okay. All right.
3: So that that's makes, a good that name. Honestly, that's yeah, it's a good it's, it's a really
2: good name. Buffy, good don't name. go don't go to this link because uh this might be this might be a future quiz for you one day.
3: Okay. Okay. Um
2: as as far as doing the
3: the Buffy podcast, I think or it's we always have our eye on it someday.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's definitely um it's it's weird because when we we want to expand the shows that we would do like we want to cover more stuff uh we've structured the patreon such that you know you guys can suggest things um it's really difficult to do a second weekly podcast like that's going to be i just don't know how we could do that without without sacrificing something somewhere like that's that takes a, a pretty large amount of time and energy and effort to do so but that's not to say that it won't ever happen just right, that it right, right. might happen after Supernatural, or it might happen, <laughs> you know, once we get to nineteen thousand dollars a month on Patreon, all of a sudden we can mm-hmm. afford to mm-hmm. do this full time. <laughs> we could just fucking sit around and watch Buffy and talk about it all day. I'm ready. <laughs> that would be great. I think me and Chris would both be down with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then um there's another question in there somewhere for me that I've oh Dresden Files. I just reread all of the Dresden Files. I hadn't read the preview. Um, I still, I like those books. I like the, the kind of magic system and I like the characters. It's really difficult for me to overlook the kind of rampant misogyny that those books have, uh, in, in in 2018. When, if I was reading those when I was a kid and I kind of didn't, I didn't realize how destructive that kind of stuff was. I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily mind, but it's just, it's very jarring that every time Harry Dresden sees a woman, she's either, uh, completely plain and not worth looking at, or we get like an extravagant description of her breasts and hips and ass. Uh, to the point where he's even doing that with like younger characters that are underage, like with Molly when we first start meeting Molly and that's super creepy and weird. Um, I know that what's his name? Uh, butcher has, has kind of gone on record of, of acknowledging that and trying to teach his own character, um, how to be a better person, like with the characters in the book, but it's still like, even the most recent books are pretty guilty of that. So, uh, but that said, like I am super into the mythos of, uh, of dresden and i kind of i can't wait to see what's going to happen he's got like 20 something books planned so i'm I'm way into that damn yeah it's really good am i next i am yes um oh yeah so we're we're getting close to the end um of our feedback this is our traditionally we have a our friend fletch um who we read a couple letters before has not he keeps up with supernatural with us he has not watched past it um uh, so every time we have a feedback episode he sends in his predictions But says, as with every year, I am absolutely guessing blind about what comes next season without having finished the ones you're covering. So, let's see. Number one, Kevin becomes the new Metatron and goes mad with angel powers, being wrathful about somehow getting wrapped even deeper in the host bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Special guest star Stephen Hawking? (laughs) Uh, One episode minimum about haunted toilets, I got a hunch. I don't, I actually don't remember if that one's true I don't or not. Know. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's 2013, so there will definitely be a social media episode, which is probably a good, good guess. It's probably true. It's probably Special true, guest yeah. star Linda Ronstadt? That's a weird pool, Fletch. <laughs> Even for you, that's a weird pool. If the Muppets are ever going to appear on Supernatural, this is a year for it. <laughs> also, I guess the villain is going to be Enoch calling it. Uh, so, yeah, one day we're going to go through, I'm going to compile all of Fletch's predictions and we're going to see exactly how many he got right <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna be a lot of them guys he's gonna, he has got a, he's a low win percentage on this he's
3: got some he's got some all right uh this next one doesn't say who it's from jeremy so i'm just gonna read it
2: oh no this is from uh this is from jay from the discord uh he wrote oh, okay. us a very long email uh i divided it in two so you're gonna get the first section which is gonna be like the, his early feedback and then uh, i'll take over for the season eight feedback
3: okay this is uh, jay's early feedback Okay, hiya, hunks. I probably wouldn't be watching Supernatural without this podcast. Those two months catching up to you in the pod were an overwhelming amount of fun, and unfortunately, it broke my filter. There was a bit here about how one of my favorite JRPG franchises had a lot of parallels to Supernatural, like dramatic arcs of human heroes getting corrupted by various sides, or having interesting stories about monsters and diverse gods, only those to boil down to, whoops, it's the Judeo-Christian god fighting the devil by the end of every game. That's a, a very weird and very common trope in jrpgs i don't know if you know that jeremy <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I, I, I'm, I'm aware
3: <laughs> but i realized that uh, would be hell to read so this is what y'all are getting okay watching previous seasons i've got seven seasons of feedback and no idea what to do with it all 25 minutes ago i was going to run off with a we didn't start the fire parody but for everyone's sake here's the actual <laughs> content devoid of buttering up John Winchester, this is in all caps, John Winchester is the greatest monster in the history of Supernatural and responsible for every single thing that goes wrong at the boys' lives. For the sake of this argument, I want to wrap up as quickly as possible. If you assume John Winchester trained the boys properly in Hunter stuff, the pure emotional harm he did to those boys is incalculable and well-documented. In virtually every appearance, he misleads, misinforms, antagonizes, or just straight-up gaslights the boys. The complete lack of social grace or any emotional intelligence in their upbringing is directly responsible for the disaster. Straight of events I'll refer to only as supernatural seasons one through four or through season one through 14. 14. (laughs) I mean, that could even just be the the zero emotional intelligence of just like breaking into widows' houses to ask them about their dead husbands 100 um, percent, yeah which leads me to point two john winchester never actually trained the boys to save people or hunt things he taught them some halfway decent ghost lore which is probably all cribbled from bobby cribbed from bobby but he also taught them to only rely on information from him and his journal which is repeatedly shown to be outdated or just plain wrong uh, sub sam winchester's girlfriend uh, werewolf girlfriend good thing you almost killed your boyfriend over a citation needed as far as i can figure out Is this still in... uh, Oh no, okay. As far as I can figure out, John Winchester is a black hole of lore. He's perfectly willing to take the credit for both uh, the work and research he's obtained from other hunters, but has never directly directly sought to share his knowledge or even do journal swap with Bobby. He also cut them off from the entire hunter support network just because he couldn't stand the idea of the boys answering to or respecting anyone else. (laughs) Season three through seven also happened, I guess. All my thoughts about them pretty much exists in a weird two-month sprint between the start of August and the end of September on the Monster of the Week Discord, and there's no way in hell I'm going to sort those out to make you read them. Destiel for life. Destiel is canon. Please, you're going to wake Sam. Are words that must come out of Jensen Ackles mouth in season 15. Please put cast in every episode. I will never stop asking until my demands are met. My demands are put every put cast in every episode of
2: Supernatural. Okay. The the uh, good job because that was a lot and thank you Jay um, thank you Jay I th- this actually brought up a, a discussion on the Discord <clears throat> and I think you can make a reasonable argument that uh, Mary is almost as destructive for these boys as John is um, she I mean actively hiding her hunter lineage from John actively hiding the whole I uh, sold my child to a to a demon situation mm-hmm. um, I, I think there's I think there's a good point also there's uh, I think this was my, that was bringing up some, um, you know, John had it's is he went to the war, like he was in the military. So he probably came back with not a little baggage with, from that. And then also his, his wife dies in this weird ser- series of events. So he's probably developed some pretty terrible PTSD and is just trying to deal with it. Um, I don't necessarily think that it really excuses a lot of what John does. and I think what John can be doing a lot better stuff. Uh, I just, it, where I came down on this is, the show set up this idea that these young hunks knew like karate and they knew about ghosts and to get there, they needed to have this, this backstory. And the backstory was their dad brought them up in the life. And then when they started actually fleshing out all of these issues that are fleshing out this world and these characters, they realized that probably makes John sound like a fucking monster. And I don't think they've ever been able to redeem that in the show. Right. Because all right. we've seen from John in the show is him doing good things Him sacrificing himself for Dean, him CGI and, uh, the, Yellow-Eyed Demon, Back to Hell, all of that stuff. He does nothing but good things in the show. And I think they realized pretty early on, like, oh, shit, we made one of these principal guys a complete fucking shitbag. And they have not been able to get <laughs> around that. And I think Mary's the same way. As soon as they find out that Mary is, you know, from a line of hunters and she didn't mention that to John, despite their first son having a contract with the Yellow-Eyed Demon, like, that's, that's some shit you got to tell your partner. I'm sorry. You just have to communicate that. All right, all right. Right. John um, lets us down again? Yeah. So I'm going to finish out with um, his his season eight feedback. <clears throat> this has been a wild one and I couldn't be happier. It's the one I caught up to. If Supernatural is going to do crazy meta plots and trying to work on weird, crazy scales, the tablet trials are a really good way to do it, especially since it gives the boys a tangible connection to the plot. Flashback to Jared remembering the first half of the season, where they did the lost gimmick for no reason, and it lasted like eight episodes. This season was an excellent display of what makes their relationship and hardship so compelling. Like that bit where Dean tells his brother he always has his back, or when Sam admits that he's never thought he was a good person. Um, Or that agonizing, heart-destroying look Dean gives Castiel in the tomb. Amazingly, uh, for all... Man, you put a lot of brackets in here. I can't really tell where... Okay, uh, I'm gonna. Okay, amazingly, for all the bad in this season, I'll put the bits about Brick Holmes that tacked on character only says, I'm the guy from Detroit, the found footage episode in this, so I can end on a positive note. I can already see that so many in moments I know I'll be unable to think of supernatural without seeing. Kevin was an amazing addition to the show and his perfectly delivered I'm dead, you bastards, was a punch in the gut. A reminder to the boys of all the people they failed, of all the things they let slip through their fingers, despite their best efforts. Uh, And he kind of goes into a long-winded thing about Sam just completely abandoning Kevin. None of this even touches how much I loved Castiel the whole season or how good it felt to see a golem disemboweling Nazis in 2018. Before I go, I'm going to make a super special paragraph to call out Charlie's surprise turn as emotional core of the season. With Bobby gone, Charlie manages to be the one who, in her cheerful and happy-go-lucky ways, gives the boys permissions to put the Hunter stuff back up on the shelf and just be themselves for a while. She's responsible for the boys starting their first hobby outside of cable TV, and the one who gives (laughs) Dean the chance to be honest with himself when faced with the thought of losing his brother, something that he's been trying and failing at since the show began. When I think of season eight, I'm going to be thinking of her sitting on a chair, a worn paperback in hand, going one last time. I think I love this show. That's a, I just got chills thinking about that Charlie scene. So obviously that fucks with me too. Like it's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the best scenes in this, in the season. I think it's very strong. Yeah. That was, that was my editorial there. Um, Excellent. One last question. I'm at the point where I've known almost every major supernatural twist in advance. And honestly, it hasn't even been a thing. I was wondering if you've had a similar experience and how knowing what was coming influenced your watch non-supernatural answers work. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this before, but how do you how do you feel about knowing knowing stuff that happens ahead of time?
3: Um, I don't know. Some I was just telling you this the other day. How uh, a friend of mine before Game of Thrones was was on TV uh, was telling me you got to read this series. You got to read this series like for, for like a year and then finally being like hey it's gonna be on tv there's making a show you gotta read these goddamn books before the show comes comes on uh and then i i didn't want to do it i just was like yeah those are long i got a lot of shit i want to do and then they were like all right here's the big spoiler for the first one and i was like oh 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 now i really want to read it and it was spoiled for me and i, I think getting to that moment organically would have been really great but at the same time, that's also the thing that, that got me hooked in it. Um, I don't know. I, I must have a... Uh, I don't know. My attachment to the early seasons of Supernatural is so strong, and none of those were spoiled for me. So it's, it's hard to say. But now I feel like I still, for the most part, am able to en- enjoy Supernatural, despite having literally every single thing spoiled for it.
2: I'm um. With supernatural, it's weird because I'm at a part where I'm at a point with the show where I'm pretty much just going to watch it, and my desire to be surprised by it has has kind of diminished a little bit like i don't mm-hmm. I don't care that if if it doesn't surprise me, so I try to keep myself in the dark as much as possible, but when you do a supernatural podcast, you follow a bunch of supernatural people, like it's really difficult to, to you know to stay uninformed um that right. said, it doesn't fuck with me too much to know. Like, plot details, especially in Supernatural, but if in other media, it would really bother me. Like, if you told me, like, the big twist ending at the end of Season 1 of uh, Game of Thrones, or in the, the la- in the first book, I would be a little upset about that. Like, that was such mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. – it was such a moment to read that without having any idea it was coming, and it was such a surprise that that sense of shock is such a – and it's such a valuable expression. Like, it's the same thing where right. – uh when a new dark souls game comes out like i don't want to watch somebody play that there's only so many of those in the world i want to experience it first via me i want to experience Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. i don't want to watch somebody else experience it um so i'm but at the same time like you you mentioned like knowing something about something that could be considered a spoiler is also could be a thing uh maya was talking about showing her friend the season eight finale uh over new year's and the season eight finale of supernatural sold her friend on supernatural and i'm like man that seems huh. so fucking weird to me and she's like no no you have to realize like if i just told him to start from episode one it would take eight seasons for it to scale up in this but now that they know that this is happening they can expect it and wait for it and they're they're excited to have that scale up yeah so i think yeah. it's it, like like most things it's, it's just always extremely subjective
3: um um yeah I, the only recent thing i had to deal with spoilers was um red dead redemption 2 I already basically knew from, from, you know, playing the game, I know where this is going. Um, The game doesn't try to hide any of its, you know, anything. Uh, But then somebody accidentally told me a spoiler. And I was like, yeah, all right. You know, I I knew. uh, I I knew how the the game was going to go. But I'm still kind of, like, bummed that I didn't find it out on my own. As opposed to the, like, strong emotional impact the ending of the first game had. Because I had no idea what was coming. So, yeah. I mean, I think staying in the dark is, is definitely... Uh, always, what you want, but I think we make do
2: anyway. Absolutely. Uh, and to finish this out, uh, Jay has one more thing to say. I promised someone I'd compare Sam saving a dog and doing domestic life to Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, but instead, I'm going to give you and the listeners a brand new game. I call it Buy Hawkeye Volume One by Life as a Weapon from your local comic book shop and at me, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> if you um, if you haven't uh. Matt Fraction is one of the best comic book writers uh, out there, and uh, he did a run on Hawkeye. It's extremely good. It's 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 one of my favorite comics of all time. It's not typical superhero stuff. It's um kind of it, it's it's a weird thing where like he lives in an apartment complex and he has to deal with some people in his apartment complex and his building, like that are have to deal with him being a superhero. So like, huh. he, and it's it's just really it's just it's it's really charming. It's really great. Uh, everybody calls him Hawk Guy which i think is very hilarious <laughs> so uh guess why i call him hawkeye now i can't help myself i probably just did it earlier i didn't mean to um so yeah everybody go by that and at jay on twitter uh, but he didn't give me his twitter <laughs> name so i don't actually know what it is um and with that we're done with this monster episode we're Chris. Done. i show uh, we did it. i show we've been recording for almost uh three hours which is one of the longest episodes we've ever recorded
3: yeah, I have uh eighteen percent battery life left. We're doing it. We're doing it.
2: Plug your fucking laptop in. Man, it's too much of times a hassle. Do I have to the, tell you?
3: the plug is on the other side of the room from where my desk is. All right. I didn't plan this out very well, so I just never move it. I never plug it in.
2: Jesus. Um, don't worry, so we're, about not gonna, it. we're here. We're not gonna spend a lot of time on admin. Uh if you've mm-hmm. enjoyed this, number one, thank you for everybody that's listened and thank you everybody that yes. wrote in. Um thank you to Jesse from the Star Report podcast for lending us her her dulcet tones throughout the course yeah, thank of Thank you, Jesse. Eight. We really appreciate it um thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week uh we really appreciate you thank you to everybody all of those patrons that are in the discord participating and in chats and things that's just a super cool time and it's one of my favorite places on the internet uh we love you guys we do very much i am a jg at jg greer on twitter
3: i am at local bones on twitter
2: the podcast is at motwcast you can find links to all of that and all of our episodes at monster of the week cool. next week season nine do i need to do a preview for season nine do i need to i don't know
1: no
3: let's let's dangle it let's just leave it we don't you know, know wanna, what's gonna you know happen what, like
2: i want to i, like, I want to see what that first uh all right all right all that right. first sentence you know what i'm saying then yeah. oh it's easy it's just fallen angels so it doesn't matter everybody will Ooh. be back with fallen angels season nine next okay. week. okay
3: bye bye
2: That was a lot, man.
3: Oh man, it has been a while since we got this stick.
2: Yeah, this was this is a lot.
3: Oh, it's eight thirty. I gotta go to bed.
2: I'm, uh, this is the reason we don't do two or three episodes anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Which episode is this? One oh
2: seven. Hot dog Indeed. That was awesome. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm always um, um I'm just
3: cause I'm always exhausted, but I'm always in a better mood after we finish.
2: Yeah, same. It's very rare that I finish this podcast and I'm like fucking bummed out. I don't think it's ever happened. I think I'm always yeah. just in a good mood.
3: Yeah, the, the only times it happens to me is when it's fucking 900 degrees in here. <laughs> but that's not that's not an emotional thing. That's a physical, that's a physical uh, toll. That's, yeah. that's dehydration. <laughs>
1: Get right here in this podcast discord. Jeremy. Oh, right. Um, Okay. This is going to be really awkward. I can already tell. Oh, I need to get like way closer up on my mic. Maybe if I turn towards it like this. Yeah, there we go. Maybe if I adjust the gain a little. Like that. Okay, I think I got it. Sweet. Usually this is Chris's bit.
3: You guys, are you guys talking?
1: Yeah. We, we can hear you. Oh! Hello. Ah! ah he, he can hear us! He Did can hear work? us! Hi. Did it work?
3: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs>
3: okay, that oh, just God. That was really having... bad
1: on my side, sorry. <laughs> That's
3: totally fine i was having a real uh, uh gamer moment there i was getting very worried
2: okay hi hello, <laughs> hello. uh roxy it's nice to uh quote-unquote meet you in person
1: yeah oh, yes finally
3: like i feel like you usually know more about our
1: what's going on with our patreon or discord than we do so like
2: so it's great to have you here. <laughs>
1: That's accurate. I'm just really active. Like since I work from home and like I was taking care of dogs for a while there, it just allowed me to be online like constantly. So it's just it's easy to keep up with things. Plus, I've I've been helping out like other people in like Twitch communities and stuff for a long time. So it's just kind of a second nature to me. Oh, hit the microphone.
3: <laughs> well, uh, thank you. We're happy to have you. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs>
2: Chris, I uh, I put the show notes in there for you, so you can you can have a gander at our 17 page document that we need to get through. 17 minutes.
1: pages? Yeah, Jay just
2: <laughs> sent us J-J-J over. Jay really blew us out at the end, man. I'm telling <laughs> what
1: you, <the> fuck? <laughs> this better be funny. <laughs> it's not. It, it's something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's reasonably okay. Like it's all good stuff. It's good stuff. It's just not comedic at all. There's some funny stuff in here though. That we're gonna have we're gonna have there, a good there's time some with good ones with um. Some of the stuff that was sent in.
3: All right. We'll just, we'll keep it fast and loose. You know, you know how we, how we do.
2: Oh God. Sorry about the wait. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. I was, um, I had to take out the trash and, uh, our trash runs once a week. Oh, fuck yeah. So I had to, uh, and because of the holidays and Christmas and everything, somehow I missed the trash one week. Um, oh, okay. So it was it was a double load, and it almost like threw out my back trying to haul that motherfucker all the way to the end of the road because it's <laughs> it's so a, it's a walk, it's a ways. Yeah, I imagine it's like several hundred feet to the end of the road for me. Yeah,
1: that's a uh, that's quite a walk. Roxy, how you feeling? Oh, I'm I'm feeling much better. Like I'm not 100, percent and like my brain's a little bit fried from that low grade fever, but uh, I'm not dying, so. Uh, I, I kind of look thanks. like Sam, like, coming out of the trials, though, right now, so I'm glad that this is, like, an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Oh, no, this is the first episode we're doing for YouTube, so bring out that webcam. Yeah, team. actually, so oh, oh, cameras so
1: on, So bl- that's what the blue light is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I think
2: I have gotten all... I meant to put out a- an extra call today, but then we were already at 14 pages, and I'm like, you know what?
3: Yeah, no, we're probably we probably th- good. this is
2: enough. This is <laughs> this is plenty.
3: Do you know what we were last season? It had it couldn't have been more than like 10,
2: right? Uh, let's see. Season 7 feedback. Um all the way down to the bottom. We were at seven we no, 9, 11, 12. Actually, no. We were at 12 pages last season.
3: Wow. Yeah. So I guess this isn't that impressive.
2: <laughs> we're going to um at some point, I'm going to compile all of Fletch's uh, predictions, and we're gonna we're gonna see how many of those were accurate. We're gonna give them a, a grade. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Chris, how are you today, man? How's I know your weekend was pretty stressful, but uh, you doing okay? today? Yeah,
3: it's okay. I'm just uh, tired from. I, th- I think I'm just it's like hangover from stress, but like I'm fine. Oh, I know, you that know how you feel.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um. Just lots of uh, like, so Jess, Jess's car died on uh, Saturday morning on top of her having like the most stressful week of her life, starting a new job. So it was a, it was a harrowing weekend of just like, you know, just, just kind of dealing, <laughs> dealing with that. And then I got super sick, not as sick as you did, but I got super sick um, Saturday night. So I, like, I didn't sleep. And now I think I'm just like, like I said, the hangover from, from being stressed and sleeping and whatever. But you know what? I'm here to talk about hunks. So that's all that matters.
2: Yeah, I meant to uh, actually put a little bit of thought into my season eight thoughts, and then kind of got distracted all day with other stuff I was doing. So I'm like, mm, "What am I going to say about these yeah. hunks today?" <laughs> I
3: don't even you know what um, I don't think I've I don't think I've written down thoughts for a season finale since season two. So yeah, I don't think it's, I have either. It's, it usually works out.
2: Just checking through the spam folder, and um, someone wrote in under the name Jeffrey Sect. And he says, uh, "Hot and juicy women in your city want sex." So if you guys need that link, just 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 let me know. Jeremy, is that real? The the descriptor "juicy." Yeah, juicy is a is a real. (laughs) I don't know. uh, I don't necessarily like my my women like I like my gum. You know, that's not that's not what I'm really after.
3: Man, I gotta like do something with my email address. A while ago, I don't know what came over him my father tried to use my email address to set up some account <laughs> okay. he failed um. he failed in setting up that account and i was like yo padre <laughs> ah, please ah, please do not do that um but it was too late because now i get all these emails about like old like not even like not even the, the usual spam like penis pill uh spam emails but it's just like old medication for for elderly people um like retirement ads life insurance policy shit I'm like, this is because you signed up for some old man retirement thing with my email address for some unholy reason. And now I get weird spam. I get get geriatric spam, and I don't like it. (laughs) Where are my my hot singles?
2: Geriatric spam is an early contender for the name of this episode. I just (laughs) want (laughs) to... I don't think that's how you spell geriatric. How do you spell geriatric? Is it with the uh, think it's I with think a it's G. G. Yeah, yeah, there you like go. Like Greer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely not like Jeremy, but definitely like yeah, Greer. Yeah. Have I told you about See, the um This like the- is
3: okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at my Uh-oh. at my at my fucking spam folder right now. I got one from like IGN, whatever, that's in my spam folder. Um, and then I have one from for, for LASIK Vision, which fair enough, I could use it. Uh one is for Liberty Mutual uh life insurance. I think. And then the the icing on the cake here is one that's called Silver Singles. And it's not just for single people, it's for elderly single people looking for- The silver foxes love. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, I do complain a lot about having gray hair, so maybe they're listening. Google, Siri, uh, who's the other one? Cortana, are you there? Cortana, no, Cortana. shut up.
1: Cortana, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're already listening, so- There's literally a button on my headphones that I sometimes accidentally, like, will bump when I'm typing, and it brings up Cortana every time, even though I have her deactivated. So, like, she's trying to listen into what I'm saying, and I just have gotten so belligerent with her at this point, because it's like, no! No, I don't need my computer to talk to me! Yeah, and stop calling me Master Chief, okay? (laughs) It's
2: really weird. It's very strange. It's really fucking weird. Like, just because I have one suit that I can ejaculate into does not make me Master Chief, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I have not earned like it's that's actually like a canister it's, it's, it's in the cod piece or something that's going yeah, on with yeah, the situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's it's
3: a level of gamer anger. Not because I'm being called Master Chief and I don't like it. It's because uh, I'm being called Master Chief and I I feel like I haven't earned it sure, because I take Halo up. so seriously. So I'm actually upset to, to be given that title because I know that I'm not worthy of it. <laughs>
2: I've been in a protracted email battle with somebody who just keeps using my email address to sign up, not even to sign up for stuff, but for like their actual like day-to-day life. I don't know how this person functions. I've gotten... They're just a dumbass. I've gotten job offers. Um, <laughs> at one, well, at one... It's probably like like a Gary Mosier type who's like, hey, do you mind if I use my son's email for this? No, this is a dude God. named Jeremy Greer, who just assumes God. his email address is jeremygreer at gmail.com, and it's not. That's my email address. <clears throat> yeah.
3: Jeremy, please. Jeremy, that down. Please. That's your brand. It's
2: my brand, dude. I, I register that whenever. I don't know whenever Google Mail invites were like a thing, and people were like trying to get those from people um but yeah I've gotten uh, I, I got at one point he got a job offer, and I wrote back to the person because i because I got like the offer letter and it was like seventy six thousand dollars a year, and I was like, do you sure you want to pay this guy seventy six thousand dollars a year? He doesn't even know his real email address like it's mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could just give me that money.
2: <laughs> I felt kind of bad for that one. I don't know if he got the job or not, but I felt kind of bad about it.
3: well, that's not your problem um i had to change i unfortunately i decided to go with a yahoo account uh senior year of high school because i didn't know sh- shit about shit because we were like applying for colleges or maybe it was earlier than senior year, it doesn't matter but uh we had to like go to the school library and apply for colleges online and like set up this thing and i was like all right i'm gonna put my- down my email address and then i had a professor or teacher or whoever come over i was like hey chris maybe uh maybe it's time to uh create a new email address because I'm not really sure you want to put Crimson King on your um, <laughs> on your college application. It's Like, you all right, nerd. all right, lady, <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's not
1: not my proudest moment. Roxy, do you
2: have any, any regretful email that you that you have signed up for in the past? Now that we're in full email chat.
1: Yeah. Oh my god! Like, not that I have, but I've had several people get a hold of my email account and hack me, and then just like see just ungodly amounts of spam like there's this one thing i guess it's called like fast or something that's a uh, sign up for free shit and giveaways but you know with a catch like i guess they're doing surveys um i had to get rid of my last email account just because of that like every single day my phone would just be going off like xbox 360 like i'm sitting they're going but fam xbox one is like out Yo, already yeah. it's like yeah why, why why are you stuck in the past like Plus, I'm I'm Master Chief. Come on, yeah. Cortana said so.
2: I am completely backwards compatible. As Master Chief, I am completely backwards compatible on the Xbox
3: One
0: yeah. X
2: system. So you can just this COD piece is completely backwards compatible and forwards compatible. <laughs> Meow. Yeah. I know
3: I've told you guys in the Discord before that I tried to uh, I tried to make my first AOL email address uh, like Gunblade or something, uh, and my mom was like, "Chris, <laughs> please." <laughs> But I think my first
1: one was Jaded Swords because I was just like yeah. super into swords. Yeah, that's one thing yeah, like whenever yeah. you go off about swords, I'm just like, yeah, gamer. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Slay.
1: Mine was uh, a yeah. m- mine was Evil Carrot because I couldn't think
2: of anything funnier than a carrot that was evil when I was 13 years old. So So
3: that that still carries with
1: you cuz you have EC, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where EC came from. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's Uh, yeah. I know. I've I've actually revealed that I've gone through like six email accounts in the last year. So like I I I, I toss them and just get like go through them crazy.
2: I've had my my Gmail account, and I made the mistake of um when I started this job, which was like ten years ago, when I started this job, they couldn't put my work email on my iPhone at the time because the iPhone was relatively new. And so, uh, I just used my personal email address for work and I, boy, do I regret that because <laughs> now it's just a never ending. Like I can't even look at my email without being reminded of like, shit, I got to do it th-
1: with the office tomorrow or, or whatever. So Yeah, I didn't realize that you could actually, like, combine all your email addresses for your phone. So I had, like, one for my phone, one for my old podcast, one for the failed podcast before that one, and then, like, (laughs) my personal one that then got hacked, and then, like, the other one that got hacked. So then I finally was like, I'm just, I'm going to get everything under, like, My Pet Roxy under one brand. And then I had to set up a business account, and like I was surprised that business business Roxy was not taken. I was like, (laughs) "Business Roxy is actually really good on that one." I'm gonna put my flag down. Yeah, yeah, business Roxy is pretty pretty solid. Um, I will say I had a uh, good. I had a professor at one point that like she was so on everybody to get a hotmail. I don't know why. Like if you had a Gmail or anything, she was like, "Oh no, that's (laughs) Kitty." It's like, if you have AOL or anything, oh. no, you, I don't <laughs> want you using your aim. Like, get a Hotmail. It's like, that's a real professional account.
3: Really? It, it always sounds... Like, I know it's not, and I've always known that it's not, but it always sounds vaguely pornish, like, <laughs> when I'm on Hotmail.
2: I used to have a, uh, a really funny joke when I would tell people my Hotmail address, which I don't remember now. I should probably try to look that up. Um, but I would always spell it out because it was early days in the internet, so I'd be like, it's Hotmail." But like the letter, not the guy. I thought that was like the funniest <laughs> joke ever. Sure, shit. It was bad, dude. It was sure, it was very please. terrible. It was not it was not please. a good joke. Uh, no, it was it was two thousand and one. Okay, this was well, yeah. this was hey, pre nine eleven.
3: At least it was a different <laughs> time. Your email address wasn't
2: Gunblade. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you just put us on some fucking list from Cortana listening to you record a podcast. Of course, you Cortana, it's already been it's on from, from list.
3: Final Fantasy VIII. You wouldn't get it, Cortana. It's PlayStation exclusive. <laughs>
2: Um, autumn is in the living room by the way speaking of playstation exclusive playing katamari on the tv fuck yeah she's real mad because there's a level that they've recycled well i guess the switch version has it which is the original vers- ps2 version but there's a level on the ps3 version that's the same level except it just it's just a lot shorter time frame and she's like how the fuck mm-hmm. am i supposed to do this this doesn't make any sense
3: yeah katamari forever has a lot of like weird reuse things it's supposed to be like, the greatest hits of all the stuff in the series i think Plus some
2: new levels. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks, it looks. I guess just because of the cartoony style of it, like it looks really fucking great on the TV. Yeah,
1: holds up. And on that new TV, like, true, everything
2: looks really fucking great on a way too expensive TV. Um um should we do it? Yeah. I guess we a should lot. start a
1: podcast.
2: We have a lot to get through, so we probably should do this. So uh Roxy, you probably know this, but uh we're gonna do the intro. Uh I'm Jeremy, I'm Chris, I'm Roxy. And then uh we're gonna talk about the season eight kind of as a whole. Um I'll introduce you and kinda ask about your background on supernatural. We'll make a bunch of goops along the way. Um when we kinda feel like we've wrapped up, we'll do a um <clears throat> a quick musical break and uh if we need to get, you know, waters or bathrooms or whatever then we'll uh the stuff at the top of that list that i've got you marked down as listing like all of those games and stuff and weird dumb questions we'll go through those and then we'll take another break and then me and chris will finish out the uh like 14 pages that we have to read today yeah
1: okay yeah, um, yeah then i'll export my file out and i'll i'll send it to you i guess through like i guess through discord or through through hotmail yeah definitely use my
2: hotmail <laughs> account man i wish i could remember my hotmail account my, uh my my yahoo account is steven tyler loves chess I still what have the that from, from like <laughs> you 1999 have some golden nuggets here, Jeremy. I don't, but man, my, my hotmail was something weird. I wonder how I could even find that out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a site called WeTransfer.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just go to that and type in the, um, podcast email address and then just attach the file and you should be good to go. Okay. And if you, and if you can, um, export it to a wave format for me.
1: All right. You don't have to I compress do it
2: down. I'll do that over on my side. Chris, do you have any questions about how this podcast is going to go?
3: Um, no i I think I think I got it.
2: I mean this is this is number one hundred and seven. So if you don't have it, yeah. something's wrong. Should,
3: I did get confused like what two weeks ago, where I like almost forgot what, what I was supposed to say at the beginning, which is just my name.
2: <laughs> which is why I always make us do those live and don't just have it like preset because I always yeah. like to hear yeah. you you react to all of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, uh, Roxy, if at any time you need to take a break or anything, just let me know. I can I can easily drop markers and edit around anything. So, like, yeah, if, you, yeah. if, you, okay. if you if a bee stings your nipple, just let me know. <laughs> I can <laughs> I'll slice and dice. it will be like it never happened <laughs> until the outtakes.
0: <optics. clears
1: throat> right on the goddamn nipple. Right on the goddamn nipple.
2: <laughs> oh. So many, so many Chris, (laughs) so many funny Chris, so many, so many weird stuff happens to Chris on this podcast. You know, I think this house is haunted. The, uh, the other day when you're, uh, your your version of insomnia just fell on top of you I thought was really funny it's that's
3: a thick funny. version too I just moved it it was like still sitting there like fucking taunting
2: me is it the red like, white cover yeah it
3: is yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> the, that's the, the that's little
2: eyeball that's <laughs> bloodshot that's the one that I have it's, it's that's like 1100 pages that's probably like what like 8 pounds worth of book
3: it's gotta be it's dude it's dense with, yeah yeah with fucking Steven himself just posted on the back it's, it's 786 pages wow that's not as big as I thought it would be
2: I really thought that was like a 1300 page book yeah.
3: It feels like it. Just looking at it, maybe it's because it's such a fucking slow novel. I don't know why we keep hating on insomnia. I kind of like it. I
2: love it. It's a good book. Yeah. I just I just remember getting to the end and going like, "Wow!" If you haven't read The Dark Tower, you're just, you're going to get pissed off
0: by yeah. the time you finish <laughs> yeah, this. <all> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Oh, sorry, guys. Having a little bit of a connectivity issue right now. Okay. I think it's on my end. Uh, let me clear my cache real quick. Sorry for you having to drop a marker. I'm sorry.
3: It wouldn't be monster of the week if we didn't fuck up right before we were about to start. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm surprised.
2: I'm surprised we got to the podcast within 30 minutes. That's that's positive for us. So <laughs> we
1: started early too.
3: But because that was never really the main focus of our season, we were worried about
1: Crowley. We were worried about hey, demons. Guys, I
2: gotta I gotta take a quick break. I got a phone call real quick. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: Oh, Okay. No worries. No, that's fine. I can look and see what the hell's going on with my connection. Um I <sighs> guess yeah, this is
3: whatever. We always have interruptions. It's no big <clears throat> deal. It's real uh, interesting
1: to be seeing like the behind the scenes of this. Like I I've, I've recorded podcasts before, but it's always awkward to like be a guest whenever you've mm-hmm. listened so much cuz y'all are talking and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, you know, listen to the podcast. Listen to Oh wait, I'm on this. I yeah, can say yeah. stuff back to y'all." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Well, hopefully it makes you feel more comfortable, I would imagine. Um, oh, no,
1: like, the, the 30 minutes of us just talking, like, that. Uh, we used to do that back in the day just to get everyone warmed up, and, like, mm-hmm. that That got me, like, right back in the swing of things. That's good.
3: I'm, like, the worst with, like, being on other podcasts, which I, I guess that's why I never really do it. Uh, I, I probably would be fine, but I am, like, so anxious about
1: oh, doing it. I, I'm... I'm very anxious before I get on any time. Like I, I just kind of channel that at this point. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the only podcast I did before was literally sitting in my f- friend's living room, like with them all in front of me. And it, it, It's just such a different energy to sit with like your childhood friends and talk about things like in front of see them. their responses um, on their face
1: and everything. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Which was, it actually was, in a way, it was way harder because a lot of times, like, I'd be going off about some JRPG and my friends would just, like, very much not be listening to a word I was fucking saying. And I'd be like, oh, okay, just lost steam. But now, if Jeremy's not paying attention, it doesn't matter. I can just pretend he <laughs> That's
2: all you need. But yeah, um... Sorry about that, y'all.
3: I'm- oh, that's okay. No, that's fine. <clears throat>
2: you were making a really good point, Chris. Do you remember what it was? Um... Uh... <laughs>
3: yeah what were we yes just yes. Just yes talking about yes sorry if you have to do some editing like around it to make it sound better but yeah hey, uh, I, yeah I, why I, are you apologizing
2: to me i'm the one that stopped the podcast
3: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just in my nature
2: <laughs> go ahead dude
3: um uh, okay you ready everybody good okay all right What's this? all right um
2: okay so i want to talk about uh best and worst episodes um roxy i want you to tackle this one first what do you think is your is your best i have some uh,
1: sirens going on in the background y'all so i'm gonna mute real quick chris what do you think is your (laughs) best
2: and worst episodes and i have drained all of my water so i'm going to get more i'll be right back (laughs)
1: okay Sorry about the connection issues, y'all. Uh, no worries. I know that it was dropping in and out a little bit there while I was talking about my my final thoughts. But uh, hopefully my microphone and everything picked it all up. Like, Audacity's still going, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, he should be fine.
3: No worries. I, he and I drop out all the time when we're recording. Um, and there'll be some times where, like, you know, Jeremy will be going for a while and then there'll be silence. Sometimes that's because maybe just the last half of his last word cut off. So. I don't know if I should start talking or not because I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if he stopped talking. Other times it just, it just drops out for a minute and
1: then it comes back and he's still talking. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. We're still here. <laughs> just pretend like nothing happened, and it's fine. Um, so and we're Learning it. how to actually communicate on a podcast, like and talk and not talk over each other is such a hard skill to learn. Like whenever I first started, that was the, I ended up having to, like, teach myself just by listening to podcasts, being like, okay, like, just, you know, I know that this is edited, but try your best to do this in one take. <laughs>
3: <Like>. <laughs> I still I still struggle. I still struggle to, like, get it right, you know, and to not step on Jeremy's toes and whatever. And having three people, you know, changes everything, which is, it, we're fine, obviously. But, like, you know, doing right. uh, Silver for Monsters uh, with him and Autumn. Uh, and especially with that, where I feel like i i'm reading like a script like going through like everything that happens in the book because it's so much more dense than supernatural um and i'm always worried that i'm just talking too much or whatever but um the more you do it you oh just, believe you just me I, the
1: like what what were your thoughts and then when i got to the end i was like wow that was really long-winded uh okay <laughs> that's good though that's good that's good, yeah,
2: that's good. <laughs>